Those other podcasts keep telling the same old stories over and over. Nobody cares about the swerve, bro. We provide you with new content. Now this is fucking entertainment. TMD Studios. It's what you want. This episode of The Shootout with Bill Blanchard is brought to you in part by... Looking for some merchandise from your favorite Livewire Wrestling star? The only place to get it is at Livewire Wrestling Spreadshirt Store at shoplivewire.ga. Here you'll find the largest selection of merchandise from your favorite Livewire Wrestling stars. And we are always adding new designs, so you'll always find something that fits and suits your taste. So head on over to shoplivewire.ga and get yours today. Warning, the views and opinions expressed by the guest on the shootout are not the views and opinions of TMB Studios, its management, or the host Bill Blanchard. They are strictly the views and opinions of the guest and the guest alone. If you are offended by any of these views and opinions, please stop listening now. It's time! What was the craziest thing you ever did in the ring that people said, oh my God, that boy is stupid? Put over Brandon Parker. <laughs> no, no. I mean, because we did some pretty weird shit over there. I mean, me and me and Devin Wright at one point had a buff bitch match. Whatever, dude. A buff bitch hey. match? Damn. And he looked like the pig guy off of Captain America. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> that's that's just that shocked the fuck out of me. How one guy who's just asking straight up questions to people, straight up answers, is getting more hits than something that brings a lot of people back to their childhood. And, I mean, it's just kind of funny. I appreciate that. You ready? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris <Dickens. laughs> Do we really have to go there? You know, I heard Vince comment one night. He said, hey, you forgot himself has, has a sense of humor. You know, I mean, wow. Had to create a Christopher Dwayne Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How many ring racks? How many ring racks did you have backstage? There were rumors about... How many ring racks wanted to get some... Dirt? Wait, 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 what? Yeah, how many ring racks you actually had some Ring dirt? rats? Oh, boy. Oh, God, Chris. HK went not dirt what ring rats are. Oh, the one even Wolf Call would turn down. Dale Cheryl. <laughs> Damn. I hit another zinger right out the book. Wow. Um, wow. Don't forget, well, we have know, to put six over in the main event because he was the top guy. And, um, yeah. Well, Hogan must pose, you know what I mean? Hogan must pose. I'll it first. I feel like going to the Cheeto show and Patriots part. I was like pissing on the grave. That line for us. The shootout with Bill Blanchard. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Wrestling Shootout. I'm your host, Bob McLean, Bill Blanchard. I'm glad to be back in here. We had a good show the last time I was on here. We had the, well, now former Livewire champion, Jimmy Cruz, on there. And we talked about his career, we talked about where he's been. 
talked about where he's going. And he uh, he mentioned some interesting stories in here. I've got a lot of good feedback and some negative feedback. And you know, I'm let some of those guys come on the show and they want to sit there and talk about it. But one guy, the first person who actually contacted me almost immediately after it's there, which you know. Uh, it's Mr. Caleb Kitchens. We all remember know him. He's been he's been on the show a few times in the past. He's been on Stovall Wrestling Network and had hey, good show by the way. I, I love watching you and Caleb just uh, breaking stuff down, especially the last one I did on TNA. Uh, I, I thought that was really cool. Bound for Glory, definitely a good time in pro wrestling. But Caleb, man, welcome back on the show, ladies and gentlemen. This guy, he's he's been perhaps one of the most creative geniuses in the CSRA here in wrestling. With that, with that shot of a doubt, big success. With flatline professional flatline pro wrestling and even probably even a bigger success with Viral Pro. So without further ado, Caleb, man, welcome back to the show, man. What's going on? Man, absolutely, man. Thank you for that. That intro was just out of this world. Um yeah, man, I don't I don't know if anybody's ever called me a creative genius, at least not while I was in the room before. So uh definitely thank you for that, man. And you know, I I will attribute my success with both of those promotions to having a, a good team around me you know uh you know as you know running a successful promotion is a is a multi-man job so yeah it's a multi-man job and i i I tell you reputation speaks for itself i've always i've heard a lot of positive things about you man the locker room and i have not yet met a person with the exception of one which you know I think that was about it, really. I had an issue with uh, how K runs business. Well, for most people I talk to, like I said, I've had Wiggins on the show. I've had Brendan Parker on the show. And, you know, Chris Diggins obviously praises your work. You know, I hear a lot of – I hear more praises about uh, your work from him probably than anybody. You know, but like I said, man, kudos to you, man. I, I know you guys have done some great things with Viral Pro, but – you know, before we jump into Vowel Pro here, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about Flatline. You know, it's 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 a big mystery to a lot of people and the wrestling fans out there because Flatline Pro was on such a high level. You know, no other promotion at during this time period, during that time period, their success couldn't even come close. You know, right. and then all of a sudden it shut down, man. From from your right. viewpoint, man, what happened with the rise and the fall of Flatline Pro? So, you know, there's a couple of things involved here. First off, before I go into that, let me say that, um, you know, I, I think congratulations are in order to you, too, because I absolutely love both of the Jeremy Cruz episodes. I thought I've listened to pretty much every episode of the show you've done, I think. And uh, those are my favorite two episodes, man. I couldn't I couldn't step away from them. Uh, so those were fantastic. I appreciate that. I appreciate um, that. And, uh, you know, I've known Slinky a long time. That's. You know, that's that's kind of his nickname that, you know, his friends from back in the day all kind of call him. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, being along for a lot of those things that he talked about a lot, you know, kind of being along the ride for a lot of those journeys. Um, you know, th- those episodes were just awesome to me. And so speaking of Flatline, you know, one of the things that he talked about, you know, was kind of his uh, issues with Flatline and the time he was there. And what's crazy was some of those things. I found out about from your show. Um, really? Yeah, Chris yeah, told me the it, same thing. Yeah, if I had known kind of that that was going on, I would have definitely, you know, stepped in and, and tried to do something about it. I mean, you know, especially with, you know, him being dropped from the card after, you know, his grandmother died. Uh, you know, to me, like, that's just that's just absolutely ludicrous. Like, I I don't do business that way, and I don't expect – you know, I don't want to see anybody else do business that way. 
um, you know, kind of the the reason I was told is like we were bringing in some new talent. We're just looking in other directions. The fact that you know he wasn't ever given a straight answer about why he was let go. You know that that didn't sit really well with me um, because I always try to be fair in business, right? Uh, that doesn't mean everybody's always going to like it because you start mixing personal and business together and people start getting, you know, a lot of emotions about, you know, their spot on the show or what they think they can do or, you know, the, the, the size of their fan base and whatnot. And, you know, uh, emotions start running high, especially in pro wrestling. You know, we're all a bunch of divas and prima donnas and there's a lot of egos in pro wrestling. Um, so yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff happens, man. And, you know, like I said, I always try to be fair and, you know, they might not like me when it's over with, but, you know, I at least want them to know they were treated fairly and hopefully they'll say that about me after the fact. Maybe they won't, but, you know, I sleep really well at night. Um, the the fall of Flatline has a lot of factors in it, man. Uh, and, and I'm I'm going to tell you a story here in a second that nobody outside of, like, a very select group of people knows um, that that kind of attributed to the the reason that Flatline shut down. Let me tell you the primary reason. Um, the four people who were instrumental to running Flatline. Now there was a lot of people that came in and out, but the core group from start to finish with Flatline Pro that put the blood, the sweat, the tears in is Chris Wiggins, Casey Wiggins, Daniel Main, and myself. Um. You know, uh, all four of us would book together. Uh, booking team may have had some extra people on it here and there every now and then. Um, there was a time when Brandon Parker was helping us book. Um, there was a time where we brought in some other people from the outside to help us book. Um, you know, but that was the core group. And really, man, you know, we went for almost four years. It was like three and a half years. Solid. Every single month putting on what we wanted to be the best show and things just kind of got more and more out of control, man. You know, it's like we put on a show and it's fantastic, right? It, you know, right. you draw 300. Okay. Well now you want to draw 350. Now you want to draw 400. Now you want to draw 450. So, you know, it got to the point where we would continuously add things into the set. We would continuously try to get more creative with our storylines, with our backstage segments, with our video production. Um, and, and that just really starts to burn you out after a while when you're competing against yourself and you're constantly trying each and every month to, to like spread the word and get your name out there and, and do more with the product. Um, and that's what we try to do. Uh, and, and, and it just got exhausting, man. Uh, I can think of a couple of times where, you know, a lot of people don't know this. We didn't get into Patriots Park until... We couldn't set foot on that gym floor until 4 p.m. on a day of the show. Now, at Viral Today... Time to crunch, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at Viral Today, we start Friday building our set and putting our putting the ring up, putting the set together. We leave Sweetwater at about 9 p.m. On a, on a Friday before a show. The ring is already put up. Most of the set's already done. The projector's already there. Screen is ready. All that is done before we get to the gym. And then on the day of the show, me and Josh get to the gym about 11 a.m. So you take all of that time and you crunch that down into three and a half hours because 
at Flatline. We got into the gym at 4 p.m. And then the doors opened at 7.30. Bell time was 8 p.m. You had been hauling ass basically at 4 o'clock. Oh, yeah, man. No time to to play around. The second that they cleared those, like, basketball players off that floor, I mean, we were just – you know, it was it was frantic. We would we had to put those mats down that were on the floor. You know, we'd have like five six people that start throwing the ring up, and um, you know, uh, myself and and Daniel, uh, we would get as much of the production stuff done as we could. You know, back like back in like the locker room area and like up top where there weren't people playing basketball. But then you know we had right. to start moving that stuff and and getting that stuff into motion. So, I mean, those show days, man, when you know. When I would leave Patriots Park at like 1 a.m. and drive home, I would just be dead for the next 24 hours, you know, because it was just so hectic. So that's one part of it, that everybody was tired of it. You know, not not tired of the promotion, but literally exhausted from what we were doing. Um, You know, uh, a lot of people like uh, Daniel wanted to kind of go off and kind of expand his, you know, career a little bit more. Um, you know, Chris and Casey, uh, were, you know, trying to start a family. So, you know, they knew they weren't going to have time to do it. Um, my reason for leaving, uh, actually comes down to, so here's the story I was going to tell you that, uh, that, that I don't think anybody listening to this probably has ever heard it before. Um, so about this part you probably do know about. So Flatline closed in March of 2016. Right. That's right. That's right. December of of 2015, around that time, uh, this is when Livewire was doing their shows at uh, Gamer Heaven, or isn't that what it's called? Game Video Game Heaven. Video I think. Game Heaven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And so yeah, guy guy runs a shop there, whatever. Um, you know, and uh, you know, he was letting them use the parking lot to kind of draw attention to the store, benefit both companies, whatever. They had a pretty nice partnership. Uh, you know, I went to a couple of those events. I actually uh, wrestled at one of those events because uh, that's actually where the um, um, Mike Jones uh, tribute show took place. That's right. And I wrestled on that show. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, apparently, I- I'm not going to name any names, but some people from Flatline that are not me uh, called the commission. Uh, and basically, and, and the, uh, I guess like the, uh, uh, business association and whatnot in Richmond County and basically tried to get them in trouble, tried to basically report them for not having a license. Thankfully they had all their ducks in a row, but I mean, you got to think about if they hadn't man and the commission had come down on them, like video game heaven could have been shut down. That's right. You know, and that's that guy's livelihood, man. He's feeding his family. (laughs) Uh, I heard rumors that they did that to, when UCW very first was trying to get started. They were trying to get a um, uh, deal going with the WAP, the Femme WAP, one off where they wrote in Augusta. And they actually had a show booked for, I believe that was going to be on a Sunday. And uh, one of the managers, I was told one of the managers from Flatline contacted Don Brown, who was trying to get UCW. Don pretty much told him how he got it, 
and what it was and all like within that week the wide called and says hey we can't we can't do business with y'all y'all have a bad reputation and it was always told dom's always was like it was a flat line that shut him out of business and then you know myself and chris dickens it says well we don't feel sorry for you buddy we warned you not to don't sit there and put your business out there like that you know so i'm not 100 yeah. surprised it happened but you know I, I tell people all the time when you're trying to run a race for pushing, you know, if you look at someone's competition, they're all competition. You know, I mean, whether it's the right way to do business or not, I don't, I don't know. I've always said it's cutthroat. And I know we're going to get into a lot of cutthroat stuff around here. Good God. You know, man, I tell you, man, I, when I was talking to Cruz and I, I talked to a lot of people who's been involved, just like you and just like me and, few, and several other people you know, that are still around, still doing the business. If you think about it, once it kind of started back in 03 and 04 and the wrestling boom was starting to, you know, come out to CSRA a little bit. A lot of those guys that kind of started there and are not even doing it no more. And then and it kind of resurfaced, I want to say, in 2012, 2013, you know, and then, wow. And then even now in 2020, you know, you got, you know, you got Viral Pro. You know, that's in charge. Livewire's coming along pretty well. They've come a lot farther than I thought I was going to get credit for. I mean, first time I saw Livewire was in a building like smaller than my workshop, and I kind of walked in and walked right out. I didn't give it, you know, because at the time, me and Billy Johnson had some personal issues going on. We're not really personal, mostly wrestling, you know, but I, I got to give them credit, man. They had a hell of a show um, a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, right now, two top companies right now, everybody was is, is talking about is Viral Pro and, of course, I think your top rival. Um, intense wrestling entertainment. I want to get your thoughts on that too in, in just a minute, though. But what I want to what I want to hear from you: What do you really think about the wrestling boom compared to back in the day when it was WFJ, Flatline, even Charlie's promotion SWF, and you had AWF going on at the time? Then you had Chase's promotion Throne. You know, compared to what we got going on in today's wrestling, the, the wrestling boom is what, is what I've been calling it here lately. I'd love to hear your thoughts and compare the two. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, when, you know, when Flatline, you know, kind of made that call, and, and as far as them calling the commission on UCW, I don't, that's news to me if it happened. Um, you know, I don't know anything about that. But, you know, when they made that call to uh, to try to get Livewire, you know, tossed out and, you know, to get them in trouble, I said I was going to leave. And then Wiggins and Daniel said, we're going to shut it down in uh, in March. Anyway, and I said, well, then, all right, if you're going to shut it down anyway, I'm not going to leave three months before this thing ends. Let's let's see it out. Um, that was your biggest reason for really wanting to leave when the situation happened with Livewire? I mean, yeah, man. I mean, you know, a lot of people try to paint me as like this big bad wolf of CSRA wrestling that, you know, because uh, because I'm outspoken and I'm competitive, man. But here's the thing. Uh-huh. Um, I do not believe in putting other people's livelihood on the line. Right. It's it part of that, and also the other thing is, man, a lot of those guys that go to Livewire, that's the only ring time they get, man. I'm not trying to like, you know, shit on somebody's dreams or try to keep them from being able to perform. You know what I'm saying? My my thing is like, if if you're gonna put on a product in the same city as me, then right. my job is to put on a way better product than you. If somebody is gonna choose to spend ten dollars to come see the product that I'm working on, or seven dollars to go see yours. I want them to spend that 10 without thinking about it for a second, right? right that's right, that's right. the kind of competition that I that I want to see. I don't want to see underhanded stuff like this. And it's also the fact that it was done by Flatline Management, and there were at least two members of that of those four that I told you about that weren't aware yeah. of it, and we were both pissed 
because we we felt like that decision was made without our input. And if we had known that they were going to do that, we would have stopped it. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I can go a lot deeper than that, man. I've I've heard so much stuff. Um, but I want to answer your least, question about the boot. Uh, let, let me just, okay, um, go ahead, go ahead. Because, because I, I was a you know I would you know me I was an SWF original. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and honestly, like if you know if uh, Daniel Main and Eric Milford had not come out to SWF and kind of brought us into the Flatline, not Flatline Pro, but Flatline Championship Wrestling fold. Flatline Championship Wrestling. That's right. You know, I probably wouldn't be in it like I'm. You know like I am today, but, uh, you know, I, I made a lot of friends and, and met a lot of people throughout that. Um, I, I think it was big then between us, but I think it's big now to people who actually either aren't wrestling fans, either are wrestling fans. And, and it's to the point today where like, I think WWE has gotten watered down enough to where people will come to an indie show. Cause it used to be, you know, you'd be like, Oh, you know, you see somebody like at the flea market or something and they're wearing like a, you know, undertaker t-shirt. You'd be like, Oh yeah, man, you like wrestling. You should come out and check out this wrestling show. They'd be like, Oh yeah. You know, well like who's going to be there. And then, you know, you can't tell them like Randy Orton's going to be there or anything. So like, ah, oh, yeah, man, probably not, you know, and they wouldn't show up, but if you can get right. those people to show up, they'll, they'll, they'll keep coming back. Um, but, you know, the thing to me, the, the kind of fans now that I really love to go after, yeah, I like to go after people who are, you know, disgruntled with WWE because me personally, I don't like watching it anymore. Um, I, I'm more into like AEW. And, and even then, I, it's not my favorite thing in the world because it lacks a lot of the psychology that I like to see. But to me, man, the best kind of fan to go after right now, if you're an independent promotion, is the people who don't even like wrestling. They're not a wrestling fan. You make them a, a viral pro wrestling fan or a live wire wrestling fan or, you know, a UCW fan or an IWE fan. And and that's really the, the kind of fans that I like to go into is like people who say they've never seen or even been to a wrestling show before. You bring them into that high energy environment where they can participate in the show and they can yell and scream and chant and, you know, eat popcorn and, you know, have a good time with their and family. And see not spend a, if you can get them hooked. That is, it. that is. That is priceless. I, I tell people all the time, and I would argue with some of the idiots in the bookings meetings you know, that did participate with uh, uh, with UCW. I said the key word here is to get new fans to come to the show. But the thing is, you got to be able to attract them to it in some kind of way. You make them see something they may not have seen before or they're going to enjoy seeing. But it's to get them to come back to the show. I've always said with proper advertising, you can get people come to the show. The key word is to get them to come back to the show. Get them telling their friends about it, you know. I mean, I'm sorry, you're not going to freaking do good business if you're not going to take care of your talent and make talent want to tell other talent about, hey, man, you should definitely make us a smoke over here, man. Hey, go, go check these guys out there. And, and they see it, and, they're, and, they're, and, and the word starts spreading, you know. I mean, get the fans to come in and, 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 and check some good action out, you know, but you're not going to do it, man, with some overweight dudes in the crowd, and your, and your audience is chanting oxygen mask. You know, I just kind of hold my head down, and, but, yeah. and they wouldn't listen, so. The, the hardest thing to do, man, is to get them into the door. Once you do that, right. then then you've got to give, give them every reason to come back. And that's why I think storytelling is so important in wrestling. Is like you've got to give them that thread to pull on, so that they they want to check out your social media and see like what you're going to do next show. They want to come to the next show and find out what happens next. Um, and that that storytelling is just so important. Not to mention bringing in great talent that these guys have never heard of. And then they become a fan of them and come back. I mean, I can't tell you how many times 
that we've had people who've never come to an indie re- wrestling show in their whole life. They right. come to a wrestling show. They walk out of there with an Owen Knight T-shirt or a Sean Legacy T-shirt or a Darius Lockhart T-shirt or a Monster Squad shirt or you know any any of that. I mean, it's just you know it, it's awesome to see that and it happens and we get feedback from fans all the time where they're like, "Hey, never been to a wrestling show like this. My kids loved it. I loved it. I'll be back." Or their kids are into wrestling, so they bring their kids and then they themselves get into it and. That's the thing, though, is like the hardest thing is get them in the door. So if you're not going to deliver once they, you get them in the door, you might as well pack it up. And, you know, in, in reference to UCW specifically, I think, you know, I, I actually tried to help them out when they first started. And I think I may have told this story on your show the first time I came up there. But, you know, when they right. had that very first show, uh, I came up there. I wasn't going to stay for the show. I just was coming to, you know, say hey to the guys oh, yeah. and, oh, you yeah. know. Um, kind of show my support and uh, you know I, I come up there and uh, and I see Fireman is sitting in the in the bleachers. Uh, mm-hmm. Antron Brewer, uh, current WWE referee, he wasn't yet then, but yeah. Well, yeah. you know he's still one of the most over talents in this area of all time. Definitely, um, I've seen the dude draw 600 people. You know, with him being the only person on the poster, that anybody knew who they were. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, so he's there, and um, you know, and I, I, I think it was Don, and it might have been Don and Jay. It's been a minute. You know, I don't want to throw any names out there without knowing for sure. So I'm not 100 percent on that, but um, you know, they come up. It's like, hey, you know, ask him if he bought a ticket, and and I, I don't know if he did or not, but man, either way, the you know what I would have done asking. Asking you or asking uh, the fireman they bought tickets? Both of us. Asked both of us. And I said, when they asked me, I said, hey, man, I'm not staying for the show. I'm just here to, you know, you know, shake hands and, you know, wish you guys luck you know, and I'm be on my way. Did um, you ever listen to this? Did you ever listen to the episode with Don? Right first time I asked, one of the first few questions, me because Chris was on the show. And we, yeah. we could, I confronted him and we confronted Jay. Of course, Jay's going to defend Don and, of course, defend himself. And, they always tell us that we were just joking. It was just ribbing uh, Caleb, you know. But then he'll say about a sentence or two later, I can't comp everybody or I'm not going to make any money. You know, but they told me that they reached out to the fireman previously. And the fireman said he had other indie bookings. And Jay would say he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He didn't realize that the fireman was there until after the intermission, you know. That's yeah. when they realized he was there. And then Don, Don said he offered to reimburse uh, the fireman for buying a ticket. And then, you know, according to Don, fires. Oh no, no, man, I'm here to support indie wrestling. You know, of course, Christopher. You know, shot on him really, really hard. It says the moment you saw him, that's when you should really, really approach him and try to get him onto the show, give a speech, cut a promo, something. But you know, I, yeah. I don't know. They, 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 they tried to defend that situation. They, they all claimed they didn't know he. They said that when they reached out to him, he, he, he declined, said he couldn't be there. He had other bookings that day, and said, "Cool, I guess something might have changed." He just, just showed up. You know, wanting to watch. You know, well, my thing that's, is, that's, you know, that's what they said. When you find out he's there, and this was like an hour before showtime, and you know, I think if it was me, I would have jumped on Facebook Live right then. Hey, look, right. UCW <laughs> right now, you still got time to get here. We got the fireman here in the audience. You never know what's going to happen. Anybody could show up. You know, drum up some, you know, use it to drum up some, uh, you know, excitement and hype for your show. It's your first show. Nobody's ever heard of you. Um, you know, the situation with me, I don't really care. Either way, like I don't like being comped into shows. Um, this is this is one of the things about me. Like if I'm gonna go to your show, if I'm gonna 
watch any part of your show, man. This this stuff is so difficult to do, and it's so difficult to put on that I don't believe in being comped in. Um, you know, so when I go to Southern Honor, when I go to IWE, when I go to any of these places, I insist on paying to get in. Um, you know, even when I went to some of these Bushido shows or, or Livewire, I would, right. I would, you know, I, I've bought front row seats and, and paid and not even stay for the whole show or whatever, or maybe didn't even come and just say, hey, look, do a giveaway or resell this seat or whatever, um, because I believe in contributing to indie wrestling. Um, so, you know, I definitely wasn't trying to, like, get comped in for their show that I wasn't even going to stay for. And it didn't come across as joking to me, and I don't hold it against those guys for doing it, but it's like, this is not the way that you should have gone about it. You guys should have been more focused on putting on a good product and getting people involved in the product rather than, you know, trying to come at us. Like, me, I, you know, it, at that point in time, like, I was mostly behind the scenes guy. I don't know who I am. You're not going to garner any, like, excitement from me being there. I mean, when I had been around, it was me playing David Yale, and me being right, there might right. discourage some people from coming. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, oh, <laughs> fuck that asshole. I'm not going to see him again. Um, you yeah, know, you but, might be surprised. People love to have seen assholes get their asses kicked. You know, I mean, you'd be surprised. Sure, mine's been kicked a lot, man. Uh, it got footprints <laughs> all over it, brother. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that, you that's know, I got to ask this question. That, that, that is a really cool, that's a really kick ass response. I, I really appreciate you saying that. That you know, regardless what kind of promotion around, you, you're going to be there. You don't want to be comped in. You want you want to pay for a ticket. And and I really want to ask your question because I get told this a lot on the shootout. Not necessarily about you, about cricket promoters and bookers for other promotions. Like, um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say the guy's name. Uh, let's let's say, I'm going to say uh, Sean Legacy, uh, for example. I've had a lot of people um, will talk about him. And I'm not, I'm not accusing Sean of anything. It's just something, he always would say some of the promoters he worked for says, hey, if you wrestle for these guys, I'm not going to pay you nothing. I'll pay you enough money to work for me. You ain't work for these guys. You got room, you got room reputation you have, you know. And like, UCW was starting to get a really bad reputation at the time. And then so one one, one booker would tell his, tell his wrestlers, if you work for these guys right here, you ain't working for me. You know, and I've heard that happen about a lot of other promotions. I mean, uh, it's a gray area for me because there's a part of me that kind of, you know, agrees, hey, you ain't working for those guys, you're working for me if I'm trying to push you. You know, but at the same time, we're independent wrestlers, you know, and I'm not signing a contract unless you're going to pay my bills and everything. I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm going to work to the show, but you can't tell me where I'm going to wrestle at either. You know, but right. I've heard of since 06, I remember first time I actually ever experienced that was with, uh, gosh, now it wasn't WFJ. It was, it was another promotion in the area, but pretty much we went, got some training with this guy and this is okay. When you're done with your training, y'all need to sign this contract. I mean, you only, only got wrestle for me. Of course, me and Chris was there. I mean, Chris was like, yeah, dude, I'm not signing a contract, you know, Right, you know, but but I'm, what, what what are your thoughts now, man? Does that really happen today? Was Flatline Pro ever involved? I'm not throwing Wiggins under the bus and everything. I'm just asking in general. Um, so I would never my, said it was Wiggins, but I'm just saying, like, like in general. Here's my thing, man. Um, so like the whole independent contractor thing that works both ways, right? So right. a wrestler can decide where they want to work for, and a booker can decide who he wants to book. Um, and, and my, you know, advice to a booker out there who's like, you know, if you feel that a talent is working at a place that is going to cause a detriment to your show, stop booking them. Um, don't try to get them to sign a contract. 
don't try to, you know, it, now, now obviously have a conversation with the person and say, Hey, look, you know, I feel like this is going on. And if they say, Hey, you know, then I'm going to work for this place. Don't book them. I mean, a lot of people like to say that that's like dirty business or whatever, but it's really not. I mean, the independent contractor thing goes both ways. Um, right. Now, uh, you know, as far as like Sean goes, I, I've never been involved in any conversations like that with him. Um, I will say uh, I was listening to the Double Dropkick show uh, recently with Heath Mulligan. Shout out to them. Good product. Uh, they're mostly based in the Carolina area, but they did a piece about Sean, and they talked about how, you know, he has been prominently booked at Viral, and he's being prominently booked at IWE and promoted. And, I mean, to me, it just comes down to, like, you need to protect your character, and you need to protect the promotions that you work for. So, for instance, if – Sean defeats Billy Brash and becomes the IWE champion, right, uh, at the at the next IWE show, uh, which that's going to be a fantastic match. If he defeats Billy Brash and becomes a champion, he shouldn't be seen at Livewire losing to, you know, some random person the next week. You know what I'm saying? If you're that right. one company's champion, you need to go to those other promotions that are, you know, right up the street that you work for and say, hey, look, you know, I need to. I don't need to go under because I'm the champion of this place. I don't need people to come here and see me, you know, uh, lose to some nobody or even even somebody who's a somebody, you know. Um, so oh, yeah. we need to still make me look strong. And if that promotion, if that booker, the promoter doesn't want to go with that, sorry, man, I can't take the booking. There doesn't have to be any hard feelings about it. No, it shouldn't be. You know, people should be a, able some to be adults and sit down and have a conversation. <laughs> Well, that's the, you said the key word right there. Should be, should be adults, should be able to have a conversation, but people get butt up, get butt hurt, you know. And then uh, I, I don't know. I knew what's um, um, that kid's name? Hunter Young. He was UCW champion. He showed up for Livewire, and you know, to have him lose in three minutes, you know. And then the, 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 the thought process there was, well, I have a superior brand. These guys are sissies. I have a superior brand. Their team couldn't last two minutes with my guys. You know, I heard that's the old school way of thinking. And then, you know, I read a lot of uh, territorial books and they, they, I heard all kind of situations like that, which, you know, I mean, uh, I've even heard guys getting their lives threatened. Like, you, you wrestle for me. You show up this territory and you lose, you know, you're done. You know, and then one promoter found out, but I go touch guy at rush with, hey, I got that. He don't want to put you over. Oh, really? He don't want to put me over? And, and a shoot happens in a match. I mean, I've heard so many freaking stories like that. And, and these are little stories back from the 50s and the 60s. And I just find it kind of crazy. They can still happen today in the year 2020. Yeah, yeah. granted, I can't remember the last time we saw a good shoot. Let's not one time. I appreciate you saw that. You know, right at the get go, you, you, you can hear the guy clearly say, I think it happened in North Carolina. If I remember correctly, you hear a guy clearly say, hey, what are we talking about in the back? Forget. So the bug go, he just jumps on, beat the little tar out, and the match was over. And, you know, I can't I can't stand guys like that. You know, you know, you put the trust in someone like that, and all of a sudden, now you want to do a shoot because you got personal issues with them. My personal opinion, you deal with the personal issues, you know, in the locker room or, or in the parking lot somewhere. Don't do it in front of the ring, man. That, that's a slap in the face. Everybody steps to that ring and takes a bump. I'm just not for that, man. If you're going to shoot on me, I'm going to get you out of there before it's even over. You know, my bottom line is, you know, it's a, it's a time and a place to do this stuff. Yeah, that was actually. I didn't mean, uh, mean to run away from that. No, no worries, man. That was a friend of mine, uh, Jacob Ryan, that that happened mm-hmm. to. Um, yeah, there was that. And I think the, the one I remember probably before that was uh, was probably T-Money beating up that kid, which that did happen. Uh, you know, uh, 
I was there in the audience and saw the whole thing. And, you know, Tim and I actually did not get along for about a decade after that. You know, we, we had some serious heat for a long time and that that's all been buried, man. Uh, we're good now. I got no issues with Tim. Uh, I see him, you know, I I live in Atlanta now, so I'm, I don't run into people a lot, but I see him out and about when I'm in town, shake his hand. We talk about whatever, um, you know, I've come to his events. He's come to my events. I got no issues with Tim. Uh, That's good. I was I was going to ask a question up about five questions down the road, but <laughs> I yeah, like I mean, trust that. Though, I was going to bring up the T money incident again. Not trying to throw Tim under the bus or anything, but yeah, there, there's been a lot of talks about about what happened, what really did happen. You know, he is going to come on the show. We just we just got to get a good date time. We're just going to sit yeah. down. We was going we was going to uh, you know dive into that in WFJ and not WE of course. But you know, you talk about Sean Legacy. You know, he works for Viral Pro and on IWE. How does that work, though? Because, you know, you guys are only a county apart because, you know, IWE kind of moved to Columbia County. You got, you know, Viral Pro in McDuffie County. How does that work, though? Does that, does that confuse the fans? Are y'all treating us like the old days? It ain't uncommon to see an NWA talent shows up on an AWA show. I mean, how does that work exactly? Well, uh, remind me to come back, circle back to Hunter Young in a minute because I do want to sure, talk about sure, him sure. for a second. But so so I, I will just briefly say so Hunter and I actually did have some issues. There was a guy by the name of John Browning. You know the guy? Oh um, yes. I was I was gonna bring him up too with you as well because he, he uh he wants to come on the show one time and shoot on you. Some things he was gonna say that says JB, get your issues calmed down and then I'll bring you on the show because I'm not, you know, he I think he was gonna take it a little too far, but Man, he, he told me he would calm down about it. He would come on the show and be more professional about it. But anyways, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Man, you know, he started a whole bunch of drama for no yes. reason. And, you know, here's here's my thing. Here's what, here's what got me is, you know, he made a bunch of posts about UCW. He's a big UCW fan. And I'm like, cool, man. Like, you like what you like. But, you know, he, he also was coming to viral in some other places. And he had asked – if he could come and get some interviews like in person before the show, like backstage before the show started. Cause he was doing this little series. I don't know if he still does it or not where he was like interviewing people backstage. And at this particular point in time, we already had something going on. So we told him that he couldn't do it, but maybe down the, down the road. Well, I guess he didn't like that man. So he went on Facebook and went off about like how we were trying to like shut out the little guy and like, we wouldn't let him come and talk to the wrestlers. Like we were too good for him and all this stuff. So I went to UCW show and I talked to him in person. Cause you know, when words start flying on the internet, man, that's, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> things start getting crazy. Yeah. So I went there in person. I shook the man's hand. I let him right now. And I said, look, I would be happy to have you come out to viral at the next show. You tell me who you want to interview. I'll see if they can get there early. They can talk to you. He shook my hand. He said, okay, no issues. I'm like, all right, cool. We got this settled. This dude goes right back online and starts talking shit again. And I'm at that, at that point, I'm like, okay, this dude is here for the drama, and that's it. Right. He's not here for anything else. And, and Well, and what, he, what got us fired up about him was he claims, and granted, I get my sources, this is probably from second or third hand because I didn't actually see it myself. I think it got taken down. But I think uh, Jay had told me, he created a post about CSRA wrestling right. and he was acknowledging all the promotions in the area. And then supposedly it was either you or Mr. Hancock uh, message him and says, don't acknowledge us with those people, you know? And then he just went on a complete blast about it. You know, that's true. 
And that then, is true. And, and, uh, Josh and I were on the same page in that. And here, he, let me let me tell you why. I get that he wanted to create this page, you know, uh, CSRA wrestling fans and like bring everybody in. Here's my problem with that. And and this is this is going to be the where you're going to start getting messages about this part of the of the equation. Here's the thing, man. I don't think we have any competition in the CSRA. And and the reason I say that is this. I think there's three key pillars three key ingredients to having a grade A top wrestling show. That's excellent storytelling, excellent booking, and excellent production. No one is doing that but viral. Josh Fields said it out of his own mouth that they're only doing one of the three, right here on this very broadcast. Mm-hmm. He said he said himself to you that he wasn't interested in, tell, in storytelling and that viral had the production edge. That's fine. I, I, I wish them all the luck in the world. But we are the only ones doing what we're doing. We tell a highly story-driven product. We have a highly story-driven product. That product has top-notch production value that you cannot, that you have to drive two and a half hours to see anything even close to it. We don't have any competition in this area. I don't see these other shows as competition. So why am I not? Not even even, uh, IWE. IWE. I only only say that only only when one of the shows. I'm I'm not trying to. Uh, defend the IWB. I was just, I thought it was kind of interesting when I saw the IWB versus Machido show, and I like the uh, IWB was creating a women's division, you know. Um, but even Christopher would say, because he, he's seen both products, Viral Pro and IWE. Yeah, he all, uh, he, matter of fact, he came on the show and said it himself and says, in his opinion, IWE is number two. You know, Viral Pro is number one. They're not quite there yet. I agree. I mean, I, IWE books amazing talent, and here's the cool thing about IWE. I'll put them over for a bit. You can go to IWE, and you can see matches that you're not going to see anywhere else because they take talent that's working in North Carolina. They take talent that's working at Viral. They take talent that's working in West Georgia, Florida, and some of these matchups that I, we're never going to have time to book a certain matchup because it's not going to fit into our plans. You might could go to IWE and see that match, and that's really cool for the fans in the area. And I'm glad right. that it exists, man. I just don't. Th- that's the thing, though. You're just going to go sit there and watch seven or eight matches. There's not going to be any story. There's not going to be an angle. And you know, some fans really oh, like okay. that. I, I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But that's not that's not what I'm trying to do. And and I I you know all the power in the world to them for what they're doing over there. I got I got no issues with them. Um, and I, I they have great looking posters. Here here's my thing, man. When I have an issue with somebody. It's when they come in and they start hurting the business for everyone else. And I feel like what John was trying to do with that group, I know that he had good intentions, but I'm not going to take our 2,000-something person fan base and right. introduce them to Livewire for free when we worked very hard to gather that fan base. We run ads on Facebook. We have put up billboards. We run ads on YouTube. We run ads in the newspaper. We produced 26 episodes of television that was on Fox 54. So... I don't, I don't put all that work in and then get to tell you, hey, here you can expose yourself to these twenty-five, you know, two thousand to twenty-five hundred people that I know will pay money to come to a wrestling show. It doesn't work that right. way, right. and and that's why we didn't want to be included in that group because, that, number one, I don't think those people are they're, they're not doing the same things that we're doing. <laughs> it's not the same level of product, and there's nothing against them. I don't, I, I don't hope they go out of business. I want to see them succeed. Livewire, it's funny, Livewire and IWE both have made leaps and bounds since they separated themselves from Bushido. And that's a whole other topic. Uh, 
that I, we I know I'm in. saving that one. We're, we're definitely going to dive into that one tonight. But, uh, you know, that's that's the thing, though, is uh, you mentioned that IW versus Bushido show. I was actually at one of those shows, and the thing about it with Bushido, man, it's like it was an unsafe environment. I actually watched a special needs child jump the barricade during a match and slide into the ring and then nearly busted his head open trying to get back over the guardrails. And there was no security anywhere to be found. Now, can you imagine if that had been a front page story, if he would have gotten injured or something would have happened? Yes, I can imagine. I, I remember that now when you said that. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, I the, the fact that something like that can be allowed to happen and like there's no security and no accountability for that and like that that could just happen at a show. I mean, that is terrifying to me, both as a member of the business and as somebody who attends a show. You know, so you want people yeah, to I have was, I was, yeah, a safe ahead. environment to bring their children to to watch the show, man. Oh, God. Yeah, I bring my kids. I bring my nieces. I don't you know, when I when I tried to join UCW, I wasn't well. Chris kind of forced my hand. He he was a good talker, and I was not interested in working with Jay and Don for personal reasons. And people who listen to the show know what those reasons were. But when it got Christopher convinced me that I'm working for him with production, you know, and I, I like what I saw at first. But I was bringing my wife. I'm gonna phrase that. My nieces and my kids, my three sons, to the show, and they were loving it. You know, so I'm not, I'm in here watching the show. Uh, cool, cool. I'm I'm a, I'm a broadcasting with Blake, which you know it was fun doing live commentary, but it won't. It does not work for video quality. And yeah, but anyway, that's another story. But I'm watching this guy under under a mask. I'm looking at him. And he's walking around. And he's high fiving. You know, uh, the kids around ringside. I said, "Oh my God, that is not who I think it is." I told Blake, "I got to go, man." You know, and I, that was a guy who was on the damn show who was that registered. Uh, Child molester. I, I cut some people out. I got my kids, my nieces. We're go. What? What's wrong? Right? We're go. I'll explain yep. later. You know. I know exactly I, the I you're talking yeah, about. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there like, what, what? What the hell are you guys doing? And then, of course, I know this guy on the internet, and it went blasted. And now UCW wants to bash Livewire for basically acknowledging this guy, but who he is. And UCW came known as a promotion that supports child molesters. And then, of course, Don's going to try to defend it. But Don knew who he was. But Don's going to like, we're supposed to be forgiving people. And I'm like, forgive him all you want. The law is the law. If it's a sex offender, he ain't supposed to run no freaking kids. How do you say it's a friend-friendly promotion? And you let like this. You know, again, it was just, you know, and they put a black guy in him. You know, but I left. You know, right. and if, if, you know, but he, he he came back. And, I'm sorry, he left. He told he, he wasn't allowed to come back, and I came back and did a couple more shows. But it was never the same for me after that, and I just up and left altogether. You know, I I feel you, man. And the same thing happened with uh with Bushido. from what? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. One. And they they had a major sponsor that was a registered sex offender and had been around children at each and every one of those shows, and like. There's a lot of people in the CSRA that go to all the different shows. And so, like, I have friends that, like, take their kids to that stuff. And so, you know, the thing about that that really got me is that Bushido was made aware of this before the show, and they didn't say anything at all. And then, you know, I made a post about it publicly. And then there were people jumping down my throat about it for calling this out. And I'm like, oh, look, yeah. Bushido knew about this. They were taking their money. Um I mean, granted, like it's it's not easy to get sponsors, but like you don't need to take sponsor like sponsorship money from that kind of people. I mean, 
I could tell you firsthand that, and th- I talked about this last time I was on, Viral Pro dropped a sponsor over some incredibly racist comments that they made and continue to make. Um, right. and, you know, we, we said we were done with it, man. Like we, if I got to take money from people like that to stay in business then I just won't be in business, you know, and the same thing no, goes I don't blame for, you on that, man. for, for this, you know, you got a, a registered sex offender there that's around children and you're trying to say this is a family friendly environment, man. And you just cannot, you cannot do that. And that's something that, you know, that hurts the entire business because, a lot of people, you know, they're not – if that's the only show they've been going to and that happens, they're not going to be quick to take their family to a different indie wrestling show. No. No. Uh, I mean, I've had several conversations with Don, you know, on the shootout, off the shootout. I mean, we, 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 we talked about it, uh, a lot of things that went wrong. A lot of times he claims he didn't know. I mean, he, that only works so far, in my opinion. But – I get it. You know, you want to believe the man. He's he trying to tell you he didn't do it, but bottom line, the man admitted guilt. You know, it is what it is. Now, granted, some people went too far with it, and then you know, and then and they try to get the man in trouble with the GBI, all that crap. Got investigated. Blah 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 blah. I mean, I'm not here to sit there and you know, Mister dive into that. But I, I told him, right. man, you know, the law is a law. He can't be around kids. I mean, you don't know this guy. You you think you know this guy. You know, if I tell you right now, as a father, I'm a father first, man. And, and I'm pretty sure most fathers are out there would not want it. I mean, what you do, that's, you know, that's your business. But, you know, but I'll, I guess we get back on the wrestling here. But, you know, but, but, but bottom line is, I know it happened a lot, Mishito. I heard some things. I mean, I, I, I didn't know Cameron Kate all that well. He's, he's reached out to me a couple of times. When we come out to a show and, you know, be a part of it and, and one way, shape, or form. And I've... I don't know. I never stayed for Machido. I know a couple of my friends, Alan, he stayed out there. Chris went to him once. I went there for Livewire, you know, after me and Billy had a long discussion about everything, worked out with every issues we had back in 2010 with AWF. And then, you know, so I kind of joined the Livewire team, you know, and, and run a million times different than UCW. That's all I can say. You know, and I'm not trying to throw Donner the bus. I know I've been giving UCW a lot of crap in the last 10 or 12 episodes, but you know, I, I told Don, you know, and Don agrees. Everyone's got an opinion. Don admitted he screwed up a lot of things. And then, you know, and I, and I criticize how he runs the business. I mean, let me, let me ask you a question. If you're you're bringing in a fresh new talent, okay, brand new talent, you know, he's got a good reputation, you know, on the indie scene, and it's the first time here. How are you going to approach this, man? Are you, are you going to say to Tuzman, hey, man, I don't care what you do. You're going to do a match. Just, just do whatever. And walk away from him. You know, and God looked to me and it's like, damn, Bill, what's this promotion all about? I said, man, I'm sorry, man. I'll I'll, I'll try to get the kings worked out, you know, because I'm paying this guy out of my own pocket. Again, trying to help UCW. And no, he's that's had not talent. professional at all. <laughs> no, it's not. If you've go been ahead. around the block, man, if you've been if you've been wrestling on the circuit and you go to a promotion and the promoter walks up to you or the booker and just says, yeah, man, uh, yeah, just do your thing. And then that's it. Like, okay, first of all, they immediately know that you have no idea what the hell you're doing. Exactly. Second of all, they're immediately not going to give you anything. They're going to phone it in, man. They're going to give you the bottom bottom dollar to get that envelope, and that's it most of the time. Not everybody's going to do that, but there's a lot of people out there that will do that. And here's the thing, man. If you don't care about your product, I'm not going to care about your product. We bring somebody in. First thing I'm doing, greeting them the second they come in the door. 
hey, this is what we want out of your match tonight. This is who your opponent is. If they're already there, you know, go up and introduce them. If you're, bring, if you're bringing in, like, a name or somebody like that, hey, this is who you're working, you know, this is what we want out of the match. You know, let me know if you need anything. You know, show them where the locker room is. You know, it, you don't just go up, hey, just do your thing and then walk off, man. That's not professional at all. At all. Like, you're going to bring in a talent. You want them to feel welcome. You want them to feel like they're at a promotion where – people care about what's going on there. I think the man cared to a certain degree, or otherwise he wouldn't try to do it every single month, use whatever dime he can make and got. I mean, the man doesn't have a high-paying job. I mean, he takes care of a wife and two kids, and he has kids other places. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to say Don didn't work hard. You know, I got I to stress that, you know. I just feel like he didn't make smart business decisions, you know. And I didn't think he treated talent very well either. When you have, you know, I mean, people did try to help him toward the end and he just kind of refused it he was like i don't want sponsors because i'm the boss and I'm, I'm gonna try to run it the way i want to run it and i was okay man you know so i just kind of I, I i gave it three months at that point you know and i was right you know it, it, it crumbled to the lost location you know and that reminds me this is a question i wanted to ask you I, this just gets thrown out a lot are you familiar with the territorial unspoken rule yes about the word you don't come in as much as backyard for one day not letting them know or don't try to steal their venue from them. I mean, I know UCW accused of uh, live wire Machido, you know, because, uh, you know, Fury come on the show and he cried about the unspoken rule. And, you know, I, I love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, so this is a well-known fact. Uh, you know, uh, the fireman used to actually run shows. We actually did a few when Flatline Pro was around, we we kind of did some joint shows together at Sweetwater. So that kind of was his little territory. He used to do four shows a year. Um, right, right. And so when he went off to WWE, that was around the time that Viral Pro was starting up. And, you know, Josh actually went to him and got his blessing to run that venue. And I think that's the way that the you know business ought to be done. Um, and, you know, all the respect in the world to Josh for that. Now, that being said, uh, you look at, you know, maybe that's not being done in some of these other places and things are kind of getting a little cutthroat. I feel like, you know, because I've been in the business a long time, I feel like that's, that's right. a respectful thing to do. However, you also need to have a relationship with your venue, man. If your venue is willing to just kind of, you know, hoe itself out to whoever and they're not, you know, that venue is not invested in you being the only wrestling product there – Find another venue, man, and not not to say that's an easy task because it's not like wrestling venues just grow on trees. You know what I'm saying? That's and right. That's like, right. That we're not running right now because both of the venues we run are shut down throughout the end of the year, probably due to COVID. Um, yeah. And we'll we'll kind of figure out a little bit more uh, on that uh, in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, so it's not like it's just easy to find another wrestling venue, but. Um, you know, you, you got to talk to your venue, man. You need to get that agreement from them. I, I could tell you right now that Sweetwater's not going to be anybody but Viral run there. Um, I doubt, I highly doubt Warren Road is going to let anybody else come in there and run there. Um, but we only run that venue once or twice a year, so maybe they will, you know. Um, that's not our home base or anything. But, you know, I, and I would assume that IWE probably has something in place with Liberty Park where they're not going to bring other wrestling shows in there. So you, you've got to develop that relationship with your venue and, you know, if if it's the Legion that's in question, hey, you go to them, look, I'm renting this venue out 12 times a year or whatever. If you want to continue to get that business, like, 
don't book any other pro wrestling shows in here. You know, can can we agree on that? And you know, maybe they'll tell you to fuck off. They might. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, but it, 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 if that's Young the case, man, the only thing I care about are my alcohol sales. Right, and I mean, if that's the case, get the f out of here. <laughs> if if that's what you got to do. If that's what you got to do, then well, man, like, you got to. Yeah, that's like, that's know. what the Legion said. That's exactly what they, all he cared about was his alcohol sales. You know, hey. and if, I, if, they, if, if another promotion comes in the following week after they did and they brought in more alcohol sales for him, that, that's, that's business in his pocket. That's just how he looked at it. And, you know, and then what happened? What happened was, I don't, I don't even know if you know what happened exactly. What happened was, you know, one of the guys is a member of the Legion, you know, buy him a, buy him a beer. You know, he's watching wrestling. He starts walking down ringside. Well, UCW would not allow people drinking at ringside. And uh, uh, one of the people from UCW told him, you can't be doing this. You need to get up out of here. And he says, what are you talking about? He went straight to the owner. And the owner went down there and says, you don't tell my members anything. And a big argument happened. And, that, yeah, yeah, they, they, they were pretty much done after that. You know, granted, they could have probably made fix a problem. But they, ch- they just chose not to. And I was the end of UCW. They had a show since the Oliver Hardy Festival. That was October yeah. 2019. So they've been defunct for about a year now. You know. Yeah, and I, and I mean, it, you know, that's rough. But I mean, uh, I don't. I'm not surprised by the you know you telling me about about the Legion because they were doing business with Cameron Cade, and I bet they would still do business with Cameron Cade to this very day if he tried to run a, a show there. Well, let's 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 dive in. We, we talked about. Um, a little everybody else. Machido. Like I said, I know a little bit about the Machido. I know what they, what they were trying to do. First thing I ever heard about Machido that they partnered up with Livewire. Livewire have an earlier have an early show. Then Machido have a bigger show that evening. You know, they start out in Thompson. You know, I don't know all the details that happened. Uh, what was the Boys and Girls Club? I do believe, and I even heard they ran on the same night as Bauer Pro. Is that true? Yeah. So you know what happened originally is uh, Cameron tried to come in and partner with Josh. Uh, he knew better than to come to try to talk to me because I have seen and heard and firsthand witnessed, um, you know, his domestic abuse issues, which right. finally came to light. I mean, I've been telling people for years to stay away from this dude because he's just bad business. And, uh, you know, it, he's just kind of this like scumbag dude that you don't want to be around. Uh, and there's a lot of people in the wrestling business that feel the same way about Cameron before he was arrested. And, you know, uh, so that happened and, you know, he came to Josh and Josh said, look, I don't, I don't want to get into business with you. Um, you know, he wanted to invest some money and kind of have a hand in like booking viral pro, but we, you know, we had a very firm vision for where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do with it. So we turned him down and he basically started Bushido for that exact reason. And ultimately, man, if you look at it, the whole time Bushido was running, Cameron K wasn't booked anywhere else, you know? And it was like, yeah. this guy's literally just running shows to book himself. Um, and then there was a lot of uh, questions about where they were getting their funding because they would book, like, you know, I can do the math. I'd sit there, and they booked, you know, $800 worth of talent, and then they draw on 12 people to the show. Okay, uh, so wh- how do you have enough money to keep doing a show? So, you know, this was before everybody knew that Franklin Dove was kind of like backing them and, and giving them money. And I don't know what the arrangement is there. There's been a lot of people that have asked, you know, what that arrangement might be. And I'm not really here to comment on it, but people can draw their right, own conclusions. Right. Um, right, right. But, 
you know, it, and it just kind of went up to that. You know, they were running in Thompson. They tried to run against us. That bit them in the ass because that's when they were drawing 12, 13, 20 people. Um, so finally they started to run in Thompson on the months that we didn't run. And then eventually they got out of Thompson altogether and they started running at the Legion. And they got into their partnership with IWE, which, I mean, you know, when IWE started up, Tim came to me. I don't really know Josh Fields that well. Um, you know, I've known Tim for a long time through right, good times, right. bad times. Uh, right. You know, and, and, and Tim kind of was interested in doing some kind of like partnership thing, too. And, you know, my thing was, I you know, I, I love what you're doing. Like, all the, you know, luck in the world to you. Um, but we just weren't interested. Because, like I said, we had a vision for what we wanted to do with Viral Pro. And we're sticking to that vision. And I think it's paid off for us. And Do you mind if I ask you a question about that? Sure, go for it. Okay. Do you remember the time frame? You, you are right, let's see what year is this? this is 2020 not 19 at 18 i want to say 17 whenever you said was in the legion god i want to say it was yeah they shut the doors down 2019 i think about november that'd be november 2018 does that sound about right is that when he approached y'all or it was before they ran their first show so yeah they were their first show at the beginning of the year you know sometime in 2019 but he was still wrestling yeah. He was still in UCW. UCW started to show a little bit of light. They started, you know, like, like they're doing good. He had some good people, you know, you know, backing him. And the, re- the reason why I asked this question, it seemed like the internet war was really starting to throw down, especially the whole thing with uh, Tony Lamb and a lot of trash talk is being done online. I mean, I, right. I, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to even say I was even part of that, although I was trying not to get too involved in it. You know, and all of a sudden, it seemed like the bow lines and the sand were being drawn and everybody's being told, this was going on. This is what's going on. This guy raped this girl. This this girl's a freaking liar. And, and, and the drugs are being done with this guy. You don't don't do business. I mean, I've heard. I was hearing so much junk. But the reason why I ask this, I know the story goes. T approaches. You know, Don about right. how I want to help you. You know, I've got sponsors. I can bring in good talent, but you can't have half of your roster here wrestling for you. And Don looked at him in his face and said, no, I'm sorry. You know, we, we have guys that are considered misfits in wrestling, won't find bookings, nowhere else. But when we make it, we're going to shove it all down their throats. No, I don't want your money. You know, if the talent came, I'm, I'm, I can't pay the talent right now until I can pay everybody. I was Don's philosophy. Until he could pay everybody, it means the people that do his concession, the ticket people, his referees, his announcers, his production people. He would, he refused to pay anybody until he could pay everybody. And he probably could turn down uh, team Lane. We were all right there when it happened. You know, and I was just like, oh, my God, dude, what's the matter with you? You know, because money, the, the, the rumor was money didn't want to book Don to wrestle. You know, and there are a lot of guys on the roster that Team Money said, no, they got to go. And you know, Don's philosophy was, these guys bust their ass, I'll put you step in the map. I'm not going to be like flatline, just fire a bunch of people. That's not how I do business. I'm sitting there like, so it wasn't, I, I told Christopher, because I called him up, and said, you can't believe what just happened. I told him straight up, I guarantee I predicted 90 days, you're going to see IWA come back up. Because Team Money all of a sudden got the itch again and wanting to wrestle. You know, so I wasn't really that surprised to hear you say that. Is that about the time frame he approached y'all? Uh, that's, that's that's about right as far as I recall. And, you know, we were interested in partnering. And, and I understand, you know, I, I think he was kind of frustrated with that. But my yeah, thing, too, was like, if you're going to start a brand new promotion, you need to establish a brand for yourself. Um, <sighs> you know, you don't need to ride somebody else's coattails. Um, you know, you just need to be your own thing. And, and 
you know, and unfortunately he didn't take my advice and they went and teamed up with Bushido and that went really terribly for them. And as soon as they dropped that and got out on their own, man, I started hearing nothing but positive things about IWE and I heard about yeah. them drawing, you know, they drew over 200, um, I think at their last show. And, and I'm like, this is the thing, man. You need to establish a brand for yourself. Doing this cross promotional stuff is cool for like the few people that go to both promotions, man. But that's not a lot, man. I tell you, I, I go to a lot of these different shows, and I'm going to tell you, 75% of the people that I see in a viral crowd each and every month, I don't right. see them at these other shows. Now, now there's some there's some that I do, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're introducing yourself. Like, I don't understand how they did the Bushido versus IWE shows because it was like neither company had a defined roster of people. No, they don't. I was kind of. That was kind of interesting. I'm like, well, you know, I mean, like I said, if, if I had to be there for about a year, then try to do something like that, you would have established talent versus their established talent. But to me, it was the only thing that was established was, you know, you have an IWE name versus a Machido name. But all the talents that work at both shows. So, I mean, I don't how do you divide your audience like that? So, I, I, I don't know. How, I, I guess I, I, I chalk it up as a publicity stunt to try to get an attraction. When you first hear two promotions in the fight, you're like, huh, interesting. But at, at the same time, every one thing, like you go to old school, you had the Road Warriors representing the NWA, and they're going to take on demolition. You know, yeah, that's, that's going to draw some numbers because, you know, you, you had two big fan followings, you know, or even Hogan and Flair, if they, if they, ha- if they actually happened in the 80s, you, you know, that probably would have broken records. But by the time they did it in the 90s, it was just way too late. But that's another story, you know. But yeah, I, I kind of agree. It just, it wasn't, it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And I know, <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. The UCW locker room was, you know, was pissed, and they they could not understand why it couldn't have been IW versus UCW. And I, I kind of said, "Look, man, no disrespect. I don't think people are gonna pay a lot of money to see Josh Magnum take on T Trucker. No disrespect that T Trucker is a great guy. I think he's a good good worker too. But the styles, I, I couldn't see nobody in the UCW locker room, with the exception of you know, two, a couple of them, could actually, you know." To the face the guys the team money had, he, he, or he could have uh, brought to the table. So they're all up. So they all felt like it should have been IW versus UCW. And I'm like, sorry, you know, we pretty much looked at the man, told him no to his face. Why would he do business with you? You know, he right. offered to help. He offered to help me, didn't? So I mean, yeah, but at the end of the day, man, it, it comes down to: Are you booking for the boys? Or are you booking for the people who are paying? And you know, the people uh, that are that are. Yeah, yeah putting the money in your pocket at the end of the day and i th- and you know if they're going to be honest with themselves they're booking for the boys and that the boys well they you know, were i mean they, they were arguing the that all day long they were arguing all day long because ucw had a reputation i've heard this from multiple people people i mean i have no idea who they were but actually flat out says yeah ucw they're only interested in booking their friends and that's it you know they're not they're not thinking about they're not thinking about the fans they're thinking about you know what's gonna make them feel good at the end of the day and I know Christian Fears came on the show and says look in this business you establish friends so yeah we were we were pushing our friends but we we didn't start out being friends this business made us become friends and made us into a brotherhood and I'm like okay buddy you know well well if th- then those friends need to pay your bills or your wrestling promotion there you go because <laughs> if they're not then you got a book for the you know for the your audience and i mean that's the thing man is you know there's a lot of people that i've been friends with that have come and gone uh yeah. you know and you know like like we we don't book crews at, at uh viral very often he's been there once or twice and him and i are great friends with each other it's it's not what it comes down to man when when you go out there uh you know same thing with hunter young you know we had our issues 
we got past it because he got tied up in that whole John Browning thing. And he was UCW's champion. He was trying to defend them. And he ran off in the mouth at me. And I was like, all right, man, you know, burn that bridge if you want to. But, like, you're on the wrong side of this thing. You know, John Browning's just got you all tied up in this drama. And, you know, he eventually apologized, and we shook hands, and I got no issues with the guy. But, you know, um, he's the guy. Uh, he We gave him a, a big match. He wrestled Blanco Loco on one of our shows. And uh-huh. I'm all – yeah, yeah. And I'm all about giving people opportunities, man. And he came in, and, you know, uh, he did a good job. And, you know, the thing about it is it's a it's a matter of when when somebody goes out there, I may not get to see their entire match, but I am listening to the entire match. I'm always listening to how our crowd responds to everything, because if people are blowing up our inbox saying, hey, I want to see this guy again or, you know, <laughs> people are, you know, cheering for you or reacting to, to your moves or they're reacting to your character, then, yes, absolutely. That's a situation where we're going to bring you back in, but that's how we book our product. And it's not, it is, it is all business. You know, who's, who's buddies with who doesn't come into play. No, it don't. And and, and it's the thing, even in the workforce world, people have a hard time establishing, you know, friendship and business and separating the two, you know, and, and it's tough, you know, you don't want to hurt no one's feeling, but at the same time, late man, I, 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 I'm trying to sell tickets. I got to put asses in the seat, man. I live like a brother, but they're not buying into you. You know, why don't you try to figure out what the fans want and try to develop a character, either either make them hate you or make them love you. But right now, they're going nuts for this guy, you know. And then I know I've heard some people, you know, and I'm going to defend the guy, but I've heard some people, you know, will say things about Sean Legacy, about the man, oh, he didn't pay his dues in this business. He didn't show the proper respect. Why is he getting such opportunities? I said, well, for one, he pays his dues, but the moment he wakes up and hits that gym and starts busting his ass and working out, you know. I mean, okay, eventually, you're going to establish an ego, man. I mean, my God, you know, but I don't think Sean Legacy deserves the heat that he's been getting from some people who are not, quote, unquote, getting their push, you know. Um, right. I, I, I guarantee you, Sean wait. sleeps like a baby. Um, <laughs> you know, knowing, you know, I, I don't think it bothers him at all. Because, okay, so you know, if you establish that Viral Pro is number one in the area and IWE is number two in the area, guess what? Sean Legacy's in the main event at both places. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, do you I mean, think he's worried that he might have some heat with people at a promotion that hasn't run in a year? No. No. <laughs> well, it's not just used to W. I was there's some some other people. Uh, or with any of these. And, 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 and but what I look at though, it, it, it's just jealousy, you know. And then when, when someone's at the top, someone's gonna talk smack because they're not at the top, you know. That that's right. just been my experience in the wrestling business. I I, I don't know. I, I admire Sean's work at uh, work ethic. You know, he works his hard, yeah. works his ass off. And hell, he didn't even had a couple AEW dark matches. You know, I even uh, messaged him. I'm proud of him. Tell him keep striving. Don't give up, man. Here's you the know, thing, man. If, if, if somebody doesn't like where Sean is at, here's a very simple solution to you: go out and work out twice a day. Go out and yeah. eat nothing but chicken and rice like 17 times a day, and you know, work as hard as he works and show up and perform on the level he performs at. And you, you can go. be in the main event too. There you go. There you go. I mean, yeah. and that that's it, man. You know, it's like I said, it, personal doesn't factor into it. Like I haven't gotten along with Eric Milford in 15 years, but I've booked him and we've worked together on countless occasions. You know, Eric Milford, oh, man, American nightmare six, you know, I've, 
I haven't had a ton of conversations with the guy other than back in 05, and then we kind of scrapped a little bit. And, you know, but he's another guy, you know, that I, I, you can't argue with success. You know, I know he's not 100% in the wrestling business anymore like he once was. And I know he's got a good family right now. He's got some beautiful daughters. And, hey, I'm happy for the guy, you know. But damn, I, I kind of saw, saw a lost potential in him. I really thought he could have. And, and all the guys I knew started back then. The man loved the business so freaking much. I, I I was really surprised he didn't make it all the way. I mean, he was he did it by any means necessary. You know, from what from what I've always saw. Yeah, I mean, a lot yeah. of it comes down to, you know, a lot of people, you know, prioritize family over the business or, you know, whatever else, or they just get to the point where, you know, there's there's a point age wise where you know the bigger companies aren't looking at you. And right. if you get to that point, and I'm not saying any of this really applies to Eric. Um, I got no real beef with him. I I think we settled our issues. Um, I think a long time ago, we just kind of, you know, both realized that we are on two completely different wavelengths as people. But the fact right. that we've been able right. to do a lot of successful business since then, I mean, that is how business ought to be done. Um, you know, people should be professional. It's called professional wrestling, the professional wrestling business. And a lot of people just focus on that wrestling part and they leave out the professional and they leave out the business, but you got to have all three of those words. If you're going to make it, you're going to make it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. God, I couldn't say it better myself, you know? And, and like I said, you know, I've already extended my apologies out to certain people. Um, that people come on the show and really says some derogatory things. And then Brandon, I'll fall in that trap and say it too. But uh, I don't know, man. Uh, UCW, I, it sucks. I'm going to say it one last time about them. They had a dream, they had a chance to make it. But like I said, bad business decisions and couldn't be professional to certain people. Uh, and they was not professional to me. They, 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 they might sit there and tell you a completely different story. You know, when I broke my ties with them, I lost my partnership with Def Lab Productions, and then I went right back to um, Touch My Bass Studios with Chris Dickens. You know, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where, look, if you're going to be unprofessional to me, you know, and you're going to freaking uh, accuse me of things, then, yeah, I'm going to speak my mind about it. I'm going to do it on my show. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think, you know. And, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I might have been – I spoke out of character, and I was unprofessional about it, but, you know, it, it is what it is, and – you know that I took my I took my looks for it, but you know, and I left. I left Def Lock and I had to look back, and then, you know, I'm back working with Chris, and you know, we had a dream too, man. You know, one of those things where I I, I had a back concussion, and I got to the point where I didn't know if I'd be able to even wrestle anymore. And then, you know, Christopher opened an opportunity for me to, to think about doing podcasts and then talk to great people like you about the business. And then I've been doing it for five years now, man. So I'm happy to say I'm in my fifth anniversary. In the month of November, so having you on the show, my fifth anniversary, I think it's pretty cool. You know, oh yeah, man, um, I didn't even know that. I'm glad, I'm glad to, that I could be yeah. here for that. And I, let me tell you, TMB Studios, man, I'm very proud of what you guys have done with your show and with uh, Stovall Wrestling Network. Um, I mean, you know, it, I think I just think you guys have been, done a really good job with it. I know Chris is like trying to run around, you know, like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to keep up with all of it, and I don't know how he does it, man. I don't need her. You know, he, he's got he's got a real demanding job now. He's manager at Cracker Burrow, and he, he's working sixty hours a week. But you know, he he still keeps me and uh, Caleb and um, Blake. He's got Chatter City. He's got a podcast yeah. about other sports. You know, Blake's a good guy, man. I, 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 he's a yeah, big Blake fan runs, of your work too. 
Blake runs the lights for us at Viral. Yeah, so yeah. He's got he's yeah. got the best seat in the house. Um, <laughs> it's what he tells me. And uh, no, yeah, man, I know me and him. Me and him definitely want to get you back on the show because me and him want to do a joint show with you on there because you know I, I messaged Blake earlier. He's like, oh man, I want to be on the show tonight. Like he, he was tied up doing something else. I said, oh, don't worry, what first show we get together because you know Blake's kind of like me, man. He definitely wants to debate certain wrestling angles and what you guys would do and what other people have done and you know. Wow, I, I think I'll be a good show if we ever make that happen. You know, yeah. I want to dive more into this though. Um, with Cameron Cage here, you, um, what really happened with Machida? I mean, nobody doesn't want to talk about it. I, I mentioned some people, and they're like, "Hey, that's a sore subject, man. We don't we don't talk about Cameron Cage no more." Well, I said, "All right, cool, 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 cool." I, I was under the impression something else happened other than his domestic things, unless I don't know. Um, well. Maybe, you can't talk about him at Livewire, which I totally understand why. I think Livewire's done many times better since they haven't been with Machido. <laughs> so, so let me. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so let me tell you the difference between what happened with oh. IWE and what happened with Livewire as it relates to Machido. We'll get into okay. K2. All right. Um, so, you know, I'm part of a group called the Garden City Grappling Crew. And essentially, what this is, this is a group wasn't started by me, and it's basically a group of wrestling fans that travel all over the Southeast that go to shows in Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, all over Georgia. Um, and this when I first group, heard that group, I thought it was MMA. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it sounds when like I heard, it could it's be. grappling, the Garden City Grappling Crew. I thought they were a bunch of shooters. I said, when I first heard, hey, Chris, man, hook me up with those guys. He was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to start somebody to spar with the fight with. And he was like, I got different kind of people, Bill. I said, what do you mean? He mentioned your name, and I was like, oh, wow, cool, tell me more. Yeah, I mean, so I, I've become kind of like a spokesperson for them, I guess, but that was never really the intention. So what happened with them is it was kind of started by a guy named Wade Sosby that came to Flatline like religiously. And then him, he brought in Joe and Nate, the guys from Suplexes and Microphones. And right. um, they kind of had this group started. Well, you know, back in December 2016, after like the third viral show, I hung it up, man. I, I was done. I said, I'm out. Um, you know, I, I'm going to let somebody else pick this up and, you know, I left the business. And so after that, you know, I kind of started traveling around the shows with these guys and, uh, you know, and, and I just happened to get back in. And so it, it never was, it's never been like a situation where Garden City Grappling Crew is associated with viral because they go to IWE, they go to Southern Honor Wrestling, they go to Palmetto Championship Wrestling in Columbia, um, you know, so it's not that Garden City Grappling Crew, you know, I'm a part of Viral, I'm a part of them. It doesn't mean they're the same, you know, they're not tied together. That being said, um, you know, when the whole thing happened with Cameron Cade, um, you know, Bushido uh, and Livewire, you know, Livewire split off from him, but they, they didn't split off from Cameron because everybody had warned them about Cameron. They split off from the, him because he was in jail and they had no choice. Whereas right. IWE realized that he was a toxic person and they split off from them voluntarily. And when IWE did that, a lot of people in the Garden City Grappling Crew were like advertising their shows. And like they had a huge turnout where like 20 of them, you know, kind of went to the uh, IWE show, the first one they had away from Bushido and, a lot of people that would not go to their shows because their affiliation with Cameron Cade started coming to right. the show. And I think when Billy split off, you know, I think he was expecting the same reaction for Livewire. And I said, look, man, you guys didn't distance yourself from Cade because you wanted to. 
you distance right. yourself from Cade because you had to. And, you know, even even despite the fact that you guys were warned about all this stuff that he was doing, and you see saw this underhanded stuff he was doing over the years, you guys still stuck with him. And, you know, you can't tell me that you can't run a show without, that you couldn't run a show without him because you've been doing it for several months now, successfully. You know, so I think that's kind of the issue there. And the thing with Bushido is it's twofold. Number one, the incident with the convicted child molester that we talked about. Yes. Um, that happened. And then not too long after that, man, kind of everything came crumbling down on Cade. And this is this is secondhand information, right? So, like, I don't know this for sure. This is like a – Right. I heard this through the grapevine, so take it with a grain of salt or whatever. I heard okay. that – I heard that, you know – after he was abusing this girl for years and years and years, she was trying to get away from him. She tried to get some of her stuff from the house. He chased her out to the car, um, ripped the side view mirror off the car and was like beating her with the side view mirror. I heard that she then got into the car to get, like finally got away from him and got into the car, locked the doors and that he repeatedly like threw a cinder block at the vehicle. Dang. So he goes to jail for this. Once again, secondhand information. We do know he went to jail for this, and then he got out on bail and immediately calls her and threatens to kill her if she doesn't drop the charges. Well, she she reports this, and he goes right back to jail. I don't know if he's out. I don't know what his situation is now. All I know is anybody that's still willing to do business with the guy. I mean, I've been warning people for the years, man. I, I have seen him do this years ago firsthand, and I have been warning people for years and years and years, like, look, do not get into bed with this dude, business, personal, anything. Like, this guy is not somebody that you want to be affiliated with. And I've even talked about the domestic abuse stuff. And I've had people, you know, I've had people stop being friends with me over me telling them about this stuff, thinking that I'm just making it up because I, I don't like him or whatever. And I don't like him, but, you know, I, this is the reason I don't like him. And, uh, you know, and when that arrest came out, man, I got to I got to admit, I, I hate that it got that far. But I got to admit, I, I felt, you know, really uh, vindicated by that when it came out, because I was like, look, all these people know now that I wasn't bullshitting them. You know, he's been doing this shit for a long time and he just now finally got caught. And there's probably a ton of stuff that's going on that we don't know about and we're never going to know about. But I think Bushido's done. I really do think Cade will probably try to run a show again at some point in the future, though. Well, it depends how this thing goes out with domestic charges. And if you make a ter- if she was smart, and I don't know, I mean, if she recorded the conversation on the cell phone uh, thing or not, he actually make an actual threat to her terrorists or threats. Yeah, he could, he could do he could do some time with that. Especially how he went there for domestic, then gets out and contact her and threaten her. Uh, yeah. He, he he could do a little bit of time, but like I said, I guess time will tell. Yeah, you, know, you commit a crime while you're on bail; they're gonna just be locked up until you go to trial. And, and you know, I really hope that you know that he doesn't run again because there's just several times where this guy has been, you know, detrimental to the business. Whether he did bad business right. with people and they didn't get paid, right. or the the situation with the sponsor, or you know, running the unsafe environment, man. I mean, how, how many strikes do you get? Before people say, I'm not going to do business with you. Right, right, right. 
You know, speaking of um, you mentioned about being paid or whatnot. Now, again, this is second or third information I get from other rushers that talk to me about, hey, don't work with this guy. And I got one guy, oh, yeah, yeah, go work with this guy. I talk about Mr. Uh, Mr. Mike Ellison. And he's got that reputation after for multiple rushers. He doesn't always pay his talent or all of a sudden he can never find them when it's come time for him to pay you. I mean, has Viral Pro, has he done any kind of business? Have you ever done personal business with Michael, Mike Ellison in wrestling? Um, like no, I, said, I, I, I get I get mixed reactions from people when his name is brought up too. I, I really can't comment on that um, one way or the other. Uh, I've never really done like I've met Mike Ellison before. He used to come to some of the Flatline Pro shows. Yeah, um, yeah. and you know I, I'd see him. Hey, hey, man, check his hand. But that's that's it. I've never done any real real business with him. Um, I've heard things just like you've heard things, um, and I know that he had a hand in like training a couple guys around here. But yeah, beyond that, man, yeah. I. I don't really know enough to say. That's way. fine. Like I said, I've never, you know, I, I mean, I spoke to his daughters, both his daughters several times, worked at him at my doctor's hospital when I was working there. You know, I know he had a lot of issues going on. Like I said, I never had a man running with a guy. Just, I, I just had some paper, man, that had, had, you know, good things to say and bad things to say. I just, he's just another wrestling uh, promoter out there. He, he tried to get his promotion up. Now, now let me ask you this question. Uh, what was it called? Oh man, body bag wrestling. Body bag wrestling. What was it called? Bad boys of wrestling. Bad boys of wrestling. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. What was Viral Pro's initial thought? And I heard he was, uh, you know, coming in. Well, did y'all look at him as a threat or just another another person? Y'all gonna prove y'all gonna do a better show than he can? So, so here's my thing. Like, so Josh is a lot more. Um, I don't want to say paranoid, but he's a lot more. He hasn't been in the business as long as I have. So right, when right. Josh sees like, oh, there's a new wrestling show coming into town. He immediately like he's like, you know, okay, well we gotta we gotta keep our eye on these guys. I saw the poster and I was like, nobody's going to this man. <laughs> and and I mean it was just, you know, this is wrestling one hundred and one, dude. If I go to a restaurant and I see your poster up there and it looks like you did it in Microsoft Paint or whatever, yeah. there's no way in hell I'm going. Plus, I think they were charging twenty dollars, like general admission yeah. twenty dollars. I'm like, $20. you can go sit front row at Viral for less than twenty dollars, yeah. like. And uh, so, no, I was never worried about their promotion at all. I mean, they had a couple good, you know, they had some good talent on there, man. But, I mean, here's the thing, dude. Unless you're bringing in, like, somebody who's either been main event TNA, been on WWE TV a lot, or they're like an AEW star. Nobody, the general public doesn't know who these people are. Like, they're, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, in Augusta area, you'll you'll draw with Sean Legacy because he's from there. Same thing with, like, Cody Fluffman or Anthony Henry or any of those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, even, you know, not everybody in Augusta even knows who those people are. So you're going to hang up a poster with a bunch of people that may or may not be good wrestlers, but, like, people don't know who they are, and then the poster doesn't look good either. I mean, I'll put them over again. You look at this IWE poster for the show that they got coming up, and that's a sick-looking poster, man. That's a great poster. And it doesn't cost that much. I mean, dude, you can get a good poster made for less than $100. Oh, yeah. And if you're not willing to invest that, just pack the shit up and go home, dude. Like, if you can't can't at least make your poster presentable, what's your show going to look like? You know? I'll take money to make money. I, I, I agree. I agree. 
Oh God! I mean, I'm thinking about Mike Ellis. The only, I just to me, it's a funny story. I laughed when I first heard about it. I said, "Okay, I'll do it." You know, I'm sitting there shaking my head. I'm like, "Oh, what the hell?" I was bored. They called me up for one weekend. This is when UCW was doing a show at the church, and apparently, Mike Ellis. Apparently, this is what I get told that Ellison had contacted the church and says, "Get rid of those guys. I could bring in real." Talent, talent has been in WWE. You know, I'll draw you bigger money. But they told him, no, no, we have a good reputation with UCW. We're not going to do it. Of course, they contacted Don and Jay, and they called me. They had me standing at the door with Mike's picture. If he tries to come buy a ticket, I was supposed not to let him in the show. You know, of course, he didn't come that particular night. And they said, hey, if you see Mike Ellison here, do not let this man in. You know, I said, are y'all serious? You're going to ban Mike? Why? He's trying to steal our venue from us. I says, okay. Oh goodness! And, and that's just extra, man. You know, it's like <laughs> that, th- this kind of stuff. You know, is is really petty. You know what I'm saying? It's it is, just, man. It is. It is. It's it's, it's it's crazy how petty this business can be. But you know, like I said, so you really haven't looked at none of the other promotions as any kind of serious competition. I've had Don on the show one time, and I asked him this question. You know, because I really wanted his thoughts, and he didn't have anything really good to say. But he felt like portrayed uh, by Joshua Hancock because if I were pro and UCW was starting by the same time frame, when UCW had its first show, Joshua was supposed to be like the vice president or something like that. If I remember correctly, Don said Joshua's going to be his vice president helping him run the show. And then he shows up. Oh, by the way, I'm not doing this. I'm just here to watch. I don't want no part of it. And, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, then they actually got the ring that Josh Pascal was using at the uh, filling station. I think this promotion was called EWA at the time. He bought that ring of like what five hundred bucks. That's what I got told, and he fixed it up. And he's going to start his own promotion, you know. And they're all saying, "Oh, they ain't going to make it." Josh is not been arrested because he doesn't know. And then when they heard you got on board, and when Viral Pro started making success, and the only thing they would say was, "Well, they only got success because of Flatline." They inherited all the Flatline's production equipment, all the Flatline's money. Yeah, yeah. I'm Me and Chris is laughing. I mean, me and Chris is on the floor laughing. I bullshit you now. Me and Chris was laughing so hard. So, so you mean to tell me that Daniel May, Chris Wiggins, you know, and gave Caleb all the Flatline's profits to Caleb, give it to Joshua Hancock, and that's your success. Yes, that's what happened. How else could they afford that stuff? Uh, me and Chris were done with the conversation at that point. We were laughing so hard. Oh my god! You know what's actually really what's really wild about that? Yeah, what's real? We're wild about that is none of the flatline stuff is actually at viral. It, it's actually Palmetto Championship Wrestling bought all of the screens and the entranceway right. and all that stuff. Right. And so they ha- they have the ring too. I mean, all of that stuff's at Palmetto Championship Wrestling. Right. None of that is at is at Viral Pro now. Um, you know, I'm involved with Viral, and Chris Wiggins is a senior referee there, and he's an amazing awesome. referee. But he's awesome. He's not involved with any anything beyond that, really. Um, I have a great working relationship with Chris this very day. Um, you know, I see him at shows all the time, and you know, we always like reminisce about the flatline days and whatnot, and you know, just what's going on today. Um, Let me ask you this question real quick. Let me ask you this question. Now, hey, I, I love Wiggins to death, man. He, he's done this. He's, he was on earlier in the show earlier uh, when my first guy started, but down to get him back on the show. I know he's been a referee, man. I mean, I love that. I really love that about the guy. I mean, I mean, okay, he was, you know, with, with a wrestler. I mean, actually, no, no, actually, he wanted to be an announcer. 
And then he got into wrestling. And then he went to become a promoter. And now he's like, hey, man, I'm refereeing now. Why? I still love this business. But I got to ask you this question. Christopher actually told me this rumor. You know, I said, call it rumor Andy Wendell. I'm like, call it rumor Andy Dickens. Because that type of idea is where you're rumors from. Can you confirm or deny? Is Flatline Pro going to resurface? No. No? Okay. It's never gonna. It's never going to happen. It's, it's never gonna happen. Like, that guy talked so, online. I don't know. I don't know if Wiggins said something or Daniel said something. I can't remember what Christopher specifically said. You know, but he says, "Yeah, I'll be watching 2021. You might see a return of Flatline Pro." I said, "Get the fuck out of here! Are you serious?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm serious. Ah, uh, we'll see." <laughs> you you would see a TWF. Happened. You would see uh-huh. TWF come back before you'd see Flatline Pro come back. Wow. Um, I mean, it's really one of those situations where, like. So, first of all, Wiggins and Casey have no interest in trying to run a wrestling show. I, I think Daniel would be on board for it to an extent because he kind of misses it. He's the only one of us that's, like, not remotely involved in the business now. He comes and hangs yeah. out at Viral sometimes. But, yeah. I mean, I guarantee you if, if Flatline does another, you know, another show, unless it was, like, a one-night-only reunion show, I wouldn't be part of it because at the end of the day, my loyalty is Viral Pro. Um, I'm all in. Cool. On Viral Pro. And, and you know, a lot of those guys, they did underestimate Josh, man. When he started in this business, yeah, a lot did. of people underestimated him because he didn't have the wrestling background. But I'm going to tell you, man, Josh is a great businessman and a great promoter. And he goes out there and he busts his ass promoting our show. He's putting up flyers. He's getting sponsorships. And, I mean, he's very heavily involved in the booking aspect of it and the storytelling aspect of it, uh, you know, with us as well. We we recently uh, brought in Dusty Jackson, who is the guy that did a lot of the video work for uh, CWA in Carolina years ago. Oh. And he's he's been producing this video series for us that's got, like, a movie-level, you know, production value to it. And, uh, you know, he's really been helping us take our product up to the next level. And that's something that Josh is always thinking about. So, man, you know, a lot of those people underestimated him. But Josh surrounded himself with a lot of people. You know, he brought brought in Milford. You know, he brought Eric in from the get-go. And also Chris Main. And, you know, Eric went to him and said, hey, look, if you're going to get a production guy, you need to get Caleb. Yes. Uh, Yes. And if you get Caleb, I'll come – I'll come work for you. So we sat down and we discussed everything. And I had no intention of getting back into the wrestling business after Flatline closed. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get to a point where I can put on a show like this again. And I think Viral has even surpassed what Flatline was doing. Um, you know, it's our last show that we had, Battle Lines in February, was oh, amazing. Yeah. That's one of the best shows I've been a part of. And like, people have just been constantly outpouring to us, like, hey, this is why one of the best shows we've ever been to. Like, a lot of our longtime fans. So it was the best show they've ever been to. And I mean, you know, I, Josh just made a bunch of really good decisions. And if anybody wants to say he doesn't know what he's doing, I left viral for like eight months at the end of 2016. Really? And really? Josh, okay. Josh still, you know, held that place together. And it was a bigger and better company when I came back than it was when I left. So it's not, I, I'm not the secret ingredient to viral. And Eric wasn't the secret ingredient, and Dusty's not the secret ingredient. Josh isn't the secret ingredient. It's the fact that it is though the fact that Josh uses his leadership and brings everybody together and has a team where everybody is good at what they do. And once again, like I said earlier, people are interested in doing business. 
that's what it really comes down to, man. Is this? It's a business, you know. We we want to do things that are going to get people to buy a ticket. Yeah, bottom line, that's 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 key. We're a good working team together. That has a common goal. It doesn't seem like it doesn't. From everything that you say, it doesn't seem like nobody had their own personal vendetta. Like, okay, what am I going to get out of this? You know, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to stand up first and make sure the thing has happened. And it doesn't seem like you guys have a big ego. It's just, well, if you guys been successful as y'all had, y'all had to work together and communicate. You know, I, I always say that was a downfall of the AWF, the communication factor. And it got to the point where nobody could trust each other. And then we had investors, and I was a big investor. And and when the miscommunication thing happened, I'm, I'm glad I did because I would have lost a lot of money if I put my trust in it. That's another, that's another story. Um, So, so Joshua Hancock, though, he is like – the end all, the end all. The buck starts with him. He is like the fully owner, you know, of that yes. approach. That's my understanding. Wow. He owns one hundred percent of the company. One hundred percent of the company. So there's no owner percentage by you or the other guys you mentioned. It's all one hundred percent by him. Wow. Well, let me ask you this question, man. What does Josh? What What does the future of our pro go from here? I mean, I mean, is there any talks at all? I mean, I'm not trying to sound stupid when I say this. And then bigger companies have fallen before, and I don't think it's where it used to be. I'm talking about like a, like a total nonstop action. A long time ago, if you remember, there were talks and they're going to make their home base in Georgia. I remember Milford had a big meeting. You know, they said Flatline's main mission now is to send TNA back down to pack into Florida. I mean, does he have high hopes like that to becoming like, you know, a big company in the southeast area? Maybe it's already that way. I don't know. You know, but what, what is the long-term goal for, for I guess that's my question. Yeah, I mean, if if you ask Josh that question, you know, Josh really wants to, from day one, he said we were the premier entertainment choice in the Southeast. And I think that yes. I, Josh wants to fulfill that vision. Josh would love to take Viral Pearl on the road. Um, for me, um, you know, and I didn't want to make it sound like it was all sunshine and rainbows earlier because, damn, right. if, we, if we don't have, we have our disagreements, man. Uh, you know, I have a reputation as somebody that, you know, is very opinionated. And if I think that something isn't going to work, I'll straight up tell you like, Hey, I think that's dumb as shit. You know, I don't think we should do this. Or, you know, if I get, if I get my head wrapped around an idea and I think it's the best idea, it's going to be hard to convince me otherwise. Um, you know, and, and sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong, but you know, the thing is for me. Ultimately, the the goal would for me would be to get a building that we own, right? Um, because then you you know our our biggest hardship that we have is we transform a gym into a wrestling product. You know, we fully transform that place. You know, from putting the set together, the sound, the lights, everything. So for me, like if we had our own building where we could leave our set completely intact and we could just go in there and have a show that would change everything for us and we could oh, do gosh, a lot yeah. we could do a lot more so for me you know i i want to be better than we were yesterday i want to remain the top force in the csra i'd love to do some more shows in augusta um and bring in more and more of an audience but that that's really what it is man it's that and i live for those moments where you know you just have this incredible like crowd reaction and everybody knows that they were there they saw something special they got to be there for something special i'm always chasing that next moment i mean that's perfect that's a perfect answer to have always chasing the next moment god as you guys ever thought about you know national guard armories or even the legion itself there are several legions that have something similar 
the one downtown Augusta has. There's several of them out there that's got it. You know, is there any talks? Have you guys ever had any kind of talks with the military or trying to get something established? I, mean, I know it's a couple of little red tape that you got to go through, but it is doable. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's red tape pretty much everywhere now anyway. So, um, yeah, like COVID-19. I mean, hell, even before that, I mean, Sweetwater, we're required to have $2 million worth of event insurance. Yeah. For Sweetwater, uh, which sounds yeah. like a lot, but yeah. event insurance isn't that expensive, fortunately. But right. it is expensive. Um, right. And and you know that's another thing that will separate us from, you know, from the small fish is we've got everything in line. You know, we're an insured company. If something happens, you know, we have our business license together. We have our promoter's license together. You know, we we make sure we check all those doc uh, all those boxes, and you know, dot those eyes and cross those t's, man. That's you know, it, once again, it's professionalism. We have our stuff together. If we have a sponsor that comes to us and says, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, we can show them a broad portfolio of, hey, this is what we've done in the past. This is what we can do. Um, you know, we've worked with American Cancer Society and a couple other places, you know, to, to give back to the community and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, that all is part of the professionalism of it. Uh, right, as far right. as looking at the different venues, uh, I mean, yes, uh, we definitely have been exploring different things. My thing, ultimately, you know, we could have done an outdoor show, but my thing is, like, our product is an experience. Like, when it comes to WWE, right, we're never going to – we can't beat them and put on a WrestleMania-quality, like, television production. It just – we don't – can't do it. It's a multi-billion dollar company. But what we can do is if I can get you into that gym and get you into a seat, I can blow you away for three hours. I can give you an experience and be part of a show. And that experience is the lights, the sound, the wrestling, the atmosphere, the videos on the screen. If I can't, if we can't give you all of that, then I don't want to do a show. And that's why we haven't run since February because we can't give you that same experience outdoors that we could give you in a big gym. So we are looking at places, but it it just comes back to compromising the vision, man. If if we got to compromise the vision, if we got to compromise the experience, then we'd rather not run. Um, you know, and and don't well, let me wrong, ask this question. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Let, let me ask you this question. Now, we, we we talked about this earlier in the show where you said you didn't consider none of the other promotions in the CSRA to compete at your level. Now. I'm a little familiar with APW, the promotion down there in Royston, Georgia. What are your thoughts of those guys compared to you guys? You know, I hear mixed reactions in those promotion guys that, that work down there as well. You consider them a higher level or competition to you as well, or are you still on a whole nother level? Because I can't speak from experience. I had a chance to see APW. I mean, a lot of my friends have been down there. Have done. I've been back to Royston, Georgia a few times myself on the road, you know, but I never had the opportunity to see these guys uh, put on a show, you know. But I'll be honest with you, man. After a lot of people sit there and also will tell me this, man, APW is not viral pro. Um, um, one person no told me, yeah, yeah, yeah. But one person did tell me this, though. The only competition in the state of Georgia that might give viral pro a run for their money, and this is, um, I don't know how you're going to take this, but um, the NWA down there, who runs NW Power now, you know. It kind of brought back studio kind of style wrestling, and they had a YouTube uh, show that came on there. What are your thoughts of you know Bauer Pro and possible competition with them? Because people do talk, man. But I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. 
it's all positive comparing it from Bauer Pro to the NWA. They don't even think NWA is not a Bauer Pro's level. Well, that's um, that's awesome to hear. I mean, definitely they can afford better talent than us as far as bigger names out there. But yeah, um, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, uh, they're uh, Eli Drake and James Storm, the tag champions. Yeah, and, and we actually had. <laughs> both of them at viral last year and um would love to have both of them back james storm has been on viral a couple of times and you know he's he's kind of part of the family at this point you know um and he's such an awesome guy to be around and every single time he's there he packs the building out Um, so he's very well loved in the area awesome guy um you know i don't consider nwa really competition for us because I think they can only get like a hundred, hundred fifty people in there in that studio anyway. I know that studio, yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I mean, they're more of a YouTube thing, and and that's cool. Um, you know, there are some amazing promotions in Georgia, though. I mean, uh, Southern Honor out in uh, Canton, they put on an incredible product. Um, right, they, right. They have very good production value, um, and and they bring in some some really good talent. I mean, I I think that our our in-ring product is probably a little bit better, but I mean, if we have any competition in the state, I think it's them, um, you know, and, and it is what it is. And I'm glad that people are talking positively about viral pro, you know, it, we're, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. And I, I can tell you this too, is as much as we are like dying to come back and put on a show when we do return, it's going to be a massive, massive show. We're going to pull out all the stops. I can't wait to see it, man. I'm hoping to be there. I've not had an opportunity yet because I got to choose sometimes, you know, on what weekends, between weekends I got my kids, and then there's a weekend I might have available. I might go check out, you know, Livewire or IWE. I told Chris, man, I got to figure this out. I need a schedule because I, like, I got to plan things ahead, especially my uh, 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 visitations. But I definitely want to get out there and check out Power Pro. Definitely would love to run my, bring my podcast out there and, and uh, do a live record. Me and Blake um, just started doing that together, doing live recordings with the I'm sorry, with the live wire. You know, we're thinking about maybe doing the same thing at the IWE. Kind of call what we see. You know, we're, we're big wrestling marks about it. But I got to ask you this question, man. I'm sitting there thinking about this. I'm just kind of like, you said about NWA with YouTube. Now, granted, someone tried to tell you before that YouTube is the way to go, not a live audience. I really would love your opinion on this. You know, like, don't even worry about trying to have a crowd just doing wrestling matches because you'll make a ton of money on YouTube. Chris Diggins is not for that. You know, he creates Craig a new channel off of YouTube. You probably get more viewership that way. But what, what is your thought process? Because I've checked Bauer Pro out on the YouTube. You guys do got a YouTube channel, though. But what do you, I mean, you guys try to you guys try to promote to a national audience through YouTube and try to get people from other states to check you guys out or what's the thought process there? So so here's the thing. The the core viral pro wrestling experience, right, is right. coming to a live show and sitting there and, and being in that environment and being a part of that show. Right. Um, everything else is built around that. So our Facebook page, our YouTube page, Instagram, Twitter. All of that is to keep you up to date on what's happening at the live shows and right. to get you, if you haven't been to a live viral show, is to get you to come buy a ticket and come to the show. That's really the ultimate goal. Um, you know, and, and, you know, like I said, we did 26 episodes of TV for Fox. That was a really cool partnership that we had. There was a lot of bars in Augusta that would play it. 
and a lot of people would watch it and things like that. And, and, and it was really like a lot of exposure. We, we were getting like 1500 views on that. And this is at like one o'clock in the morning, you know? Right, right. So, I mean, that, that was great for what we were paying for it and what we were, you know, the kind of exposure we were getting through Fox. And I, I thought that was great. But at the end of the day, everything is to drive you into the live experience. We're on SOS customs network. You can go watch all our right. shows on there. You see the show there. We want you to see it there, and we want you to come and buy a ticket and be in the in the audience. Now, granted, if if you live in you know Wyoming or somewhere and can't get to Thompson and you want to watch our stuff online, by all means. But that's never going to be the prime focus for us. That live experience, man. Like I said, that's if if you just want to watch wrestling on TV. There's so many people that are going to do that. Million dollar productions better than us. Raw, SmackDown, yeah. Dynamite, right, even right, Dark. Right. You know, there's just we're not going to be able to compete with a national television product. But what we can, like I said, you know, when AEW comes to town, I was at their show in Atlanta for when they did the Dynamite, man. I was yes. online at the moment those tickets dropped, and I couldn't get anywhere near front row for that. Dang. You know, and it, I mean, you want to sit front row, second row at our show. You, I mean, you know, even if you don't get a front row or second row seat, there's not really a bad seat in the house. You want to get a good seat for a cheap value, bring the whole family. You can spend less than 50 bucks to come to the show, maybe, you know, depending on how many people you bring in with you. I mean, that's where our bread and butter is, man. That's really what we're trying to do. All about that live experience. I tell people all the time, until you experience it, you just can't put it into words. Right, I mean, you, can watch it on, I, you can watch it on the internet all day long, man. But yeah. when you, in, until you're in that building and something crazy happens, and you that crowd hits that pop and you feel that room shake, you know, don't talk to me about it until then. That's true. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is a feeling, and you won't get that with fifteen, twenty people coming to your show either. You got that when you pack a house like two hundred something people. Yeah, it, it, it is a feeling like no other. It's pure one hundred percent adrenaline. Very addictive. I mean, I think my kids will love going there and say, like I said, they got kicked out of uh, uh, the last live where I showed I took them to, you know. Um, let me ask you this question. You know, like I said, so so have you ever heard when you try to create an online audience, people online audience, you know, you know, watching you get so many subscribers, you know, YouTube itself will pay you money. Like, it's like, like, a, like a couple bucks every thousand viewers. You guys never thought about trying to you know, right, that kind of exposure. Honestly, man, like uh, YouTube really doesn't pay out that much unless you're like one of the big, big YouTubers. So like the amount of effort we would have to put into that, like that's just not where we want to focus our energy right now. I agree. I agree. I, I told this person, man, that's not going to work. You're not going to find nobody. I just don't, I just, I just don't believe it. I just, you know. Um, yeah, you're better off. Go, you're better off. Like I said, a live crowd. If you put in a good product and people are gonna pay you money to come see it, you know that is that is the way to go. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. And you know, like yeah. I said, until you experience that full fledged crowd experience, man, you you're not gonna know what we're talking about. And it's an addiction. You know, YouTube really doesn't pay a whole lot either. I mean, if you're gonna go online, yeah, uh, honestly, like doing like a Patreon or doing a uh, like a, a Twitch uh, stream, you're going to end up getting yeah. money. 
uh, and probably better viewership out of it. I mean, YouTube's good, but it's not great for like making your you know source of income off of it. No, no. Well, where do we go from here, man? I know we talked about. Oh my God! Oh yeah, rumored Andy window. I've asked Josh Fields this question, but he laughed, but I didn't deny. It. I've other people. God, what's this? Oh Lord, little Hancock, uh, Justin. Justin, it would. Yeah, yeah. Please tell me. Either it did happen, didn't happen. I, I got another DJ. I laughed so hard when I first heard it, and Christopher was there too. He were both kind of like, I can picture it, but I can't picture it at the same time. Okay, here's the rumor. Supposedly, Timothy Blackman, we all know him as T Money, and we all love him. And I'm not shitting on T. I love him like a father figure. But the rumor was that he went to a, a Bible Pro show. Y'all saw him, y'all acknowledged, shake hands, and everything. Then he sticks off in the locker room and trying to recruit some of y'all's talent. Joshua finds out by calls the Thompson PD. Y'all had Viral Pro Security and Thompson BD put T Money and escorted him out the building. And I said, Justin, are you kidding me? No, I, I, that's what happened. It, Dad had a police called on T Money and he was putting in handcuffs and he was escorted out the building. I had to hit pause in the recording. I was laughing so hard because. For one, I didn't believe it. Two, this is funny shit, man. I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some hits on this one. Of course, Josh denied the rumor, said that never happened. But let's say you. <laughs> okay. So first of all, if we could have actually done that as a rib, that would have been the best thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I can tell by some Chris, I had to be a damn rib. <laughs> if we had done that as a rib, that would have been the best thing in the history of ever. We would have got it on tape. I know, uh, it, that, but that that never happened, man. It never happened. That, that never happened. You can, you can call Tim Blackman. He has hung out backstage at Viral Pro with me. We've talked at length about all sorts of things, man. Yeah. So you can ask him. He'll verify that. There's no no truth to that whatsoever. Now, what I think, <laughs> now what I think may have he may have, you know Justin man like yeah uh, what man. I think he may be embellishing on is when we did the summer of quack show the show we had our Christopher Daniels and Eli Drake on there yeah when yeah. when we did that show um Tim did come into the locker room like he snuck in and I don't want to say snuck in but like he didn't he went into the locker room through like the back entrance right and yeah, yeah. The security back there didn't have any clue who he was, so I think the security told him he couldn't come in there, and that is completely where that whole thing probably came from. But that wasn't even oh, in Tom. God, that was in Augusta, man. <laughs> even funnier. Oh God. So basically, what? So if it supposedly happened, basically, security just didn't recognize them. They were just doing their job. Not, not that, not, not that Joshua got a text on his phone and everything. Hey, Timmy's back. He was trying to steal your talent. Get the police on the phone. Get his ass out of here. You know, yeah, dude, running, we didn't even know about it. Thing. We didn't even know about it until after the fact because when we do our shows at Sweetwater, it's our security. Yeah. But when we do yeah. shows at uh, Warren Row, we have to get Richmond County to do it. So they didn't right, know who right. he was. They didn't yeah. know who he was. <laughs> okay, that, that's a little probably more believable. When I heard that, he he called the damn PD. And <laughs> they they were sure as hell no handcuffs. He wasn't escorted anyway. He just said, "Hey, you know, you're not you're not with the show. You can't come back here." That was it. That was all there was to it. Like. Yeah. They yeah. don't know who he is. They don't know who I am. You know, they right. don't know me. <laughs> that would have been one hell of a damn rare. I just don't want heart rip right there. I'm sorry. That would have been funny as hell. Yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure. So I thought, wouldn't somebody pull the phone up and film that team money? That would have been, that would have made the freaking news up and on Facebook. I said, Justin, are you shipping? No, I'm not. I, I, that's what happened. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That would have been the best rib, dude. I, I wish we had done that. 
God. Yeah, uh, that 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 pole, but the king of our ribs. It was hard to top that one. <laughs> I, I haven't pulled a good rib on anybody in a while, man. So you know that that would have been great. God. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. Oh man. Well, you know, I know we talked about everything under the sun here. I know I want to touch up on the COVID nineteen. What's what's it been like in the wrestling business, man? I know everything kind of went shut down and. You know, you know, Livewire was the first one, at least that I know of, that got started back on an indoor show. You know, and I know IWE, they got one finally coming up November 21st. Looking forward to that one. But let's say, yeah, what's going on with Viwa Pro? I know it's been a tough time since February. What's what's going on? Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, you know, at first I was like, okay, we're going to take a break. Um, you know, I could use a break. <laughs> Uh, we, yeah, we yeah. You know, I was, I was disappointed about our April show being canceled because we had an incredible lineup, man. We had Slim J versus Anthony Henry on that show and Slim J has since retired. So we're never going to get to do that match. And, um, oh, man, you know, that, that was something that really hit me, you know, and we, we really, after that battle line show, we had a ton of momentum going into the rest of this year. Um, you know, but you know, uh, other things happen and, and, you know, you kind of got to roll with those punches. So, you know, we've been doing this video series. It's on our Facebooks, on our YouTube. It's really good. I recommend checking it out. And, and basically the point of that video series is kind of to get people back into the storylines and, and sort of keep those fresh while we can't run a show. Um, and these are really well done. I encourage anybody to go watch them. Uh, and right. uh, what, what, it, what it's, it's going to be leading up to some really cool things. Um, you know, that are going to tie into our comeback show whenever that is. And, you know, we're working on some dates right now. You know, it, it's it's possible that we could come back and do something in December this year. Um, but, you know, I don't want to I don't want to really put that out there too much because it all yes, depends on whether on how things are going, whether the venues are going to allow us um, to run, um, you know, and that sort of thing. And, you know, if we have to wait till February, then we gotta wait till February, but you know it, it is what it is. I we're we're prepared for either scenario. You know, I talk to Josh probably still on a daily basis, man. Um, we're we're not uh, we're not asleep at the wheel or anything like that. I know a lot of the the rumor going around was that IWE was kind of waiting on us to come back for them to come back, and I guess they really? kind of got tired of waiting on us. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard that they were, you know, well, we're gonna wait on viral, and then, you know push comes to shove like you know we're not here's my thing man like i really don't want to run a show where we're gonna put people in danger i don't really want to run a show where we have to have all these different restrictions and things like that i mean you know we've seen from a lot of different shows where even if you say you require a mask you can't make everybody keep a mask on the whole time no you can't Uh, a lot of people don't want to sit there for three hours and watch a wrestling show in a mask. And I don't necessarily blame them. So you got to kind of take all that into account too. It's like, you really got to be responsible and nothing against anybody that's already running. But you know, at that same time, it's like, let's say that somebody does come to your show and they test positive for COVID. Okay. Well now you got to reach out to all those people that bought tickets and let them know know that they could have been exposed to somebody. And that's just, that's a big risk, man. It's a lot, it's very serious, you know, especially if you got like elderly people or, you know, people with uh, immunity issues and whatnot that come to your show and, you know, that it could be, it's been fatal to people, you know? So it, that's something that we're mindful of as well, man. So if, if we got to wait till next year to be able to run for it to be, 
you know, for us to consider it safe, then that's what we'll do. But we would love to come back and run this year. We'll just kind of have to see how the cards fall for that one. No, that's fine, man. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not so sure if that's true, but the rumor you said about, you know, I do wait for Valor Pro. I mean, I, uh, I messaged, you know, Josh and, you know, and, and you know, and Black, but the only thing they said, they're just waiting for the guidelines to be lifted. And hopefully we'll have something coming along soon. And, you know, so that's, 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 that's it could be BS, man. Like I said, I I didn't hear either one of them directly. Uh, you know, it was all through the grapevine type stuff and you know how that is in this business. It's like a damn middle school. God. Yes. Yeah. I know. But you know, I don't know. I guess I've been accused of starting shit up too. I tell people all the time, look, man, what I do is wrestling therapy. You got a problem you want, you want to just get it off your chest, man. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, it's just my way of trying to get back to the wrestling business. And then, hey, we're gonna sit there and talk. I got I got inspired by K commentaries, man. That's a funny, that's that's a lot of funny stuff. And I have thought about doing something similar, you know. You know, it's like, hey, Kill, is this guy a dick? What do you think of him? Boom, 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 boom. You know, I thought I thought about doing something similar, but <laughs> I don't know how well that would get over some people, but I hey, am man. working on a project. I am working on a project. I definitely, definitely want your help with. And and I'm trying to reach out to a lot of people. I wanted to do it this year, but I got I got sidetracked with other things. So it's definitely a project I'm gonna work on. You know, are you familiar? I mean, you've heard the KFIC commentaries, right? Yeah, yeah. So are you familiar with, like, the WWF timeline shoot, right? WCW timeline shoot, ECW timeline shoot. You know, when they're asking, to break it down either a decade at a time or a year, this year at a time. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, hey, I want to do the same thing, you know. You know, I'm gonna talk to guy like 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 say for instance for either you or Charlie or Drew, that new person that did uh, SWF and Thompson. I would love to break all that down in a couple episodes called the SWF timeline shoot. I want to do the same thing for Flatline Championship Wrestling. Now I was gonna try to do the same thing for AWF. I'm gonna do the same thing for TWF, WFJ. I, I, I listen to some of these guys' stories. And I'm like, my God, we've had so many similar stories of our own. I would really want to get it out there. You know, I know I started doing it with the, with the shootout, and I like, I told Christopher we could do one better on TNB. You know, can you imagine? You know, what if JC Walker is here talking about explaining on his perspective and what it was like doing business with Timothy Blackman and WFJ? Because he told me a lot of cool stories, and I'm like, damn, I want to get this on the air. You know, the same thing with someone working with Daniel Main at Milford and the Flatline Championship Wrestling. Their story, how they left Jack's backyard and all the way up to Patriots Park, you know what I'm saying? And ton of stories in, and uh, we all experienced in the AWF. And then, then of course, same thing. I want to, just, I want, I want to get to the Viral Pro era. Same thing with every every other promotion, you know, a timeline shoot and talk about certain specific things, man. I think that'd really be cool. That's, that's, that's a project I'm personally. That would be cool, show. man. You know, and you you're probably you probably want several different people's perspectives. Um, of course, you know, of course. Uh, on each one of those, and uh, you know, uh, any of the ones I was heavily involved in, man, I'd be glad to contribute to that. It sounds like it'd be really fun. Although uh, I would say do it before too long, man, because I'm getting old and I'm starting to forget some of the SWF stuff. <laughs> Well, I'll try to jog your memory as best I can. I'm doing my research, Chris. I've actually found a video section of y'all on YouTube. You know, we've yeah. been looking at it and Rich, Yes, 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 yes. Chris used to pull some of the footage for AW Bill Dutch, especially when he brought in Oz. 
And Oz is like, how'd you find that stuff? And Chris says, I'm Chris Dickens. I'm, I'm not damn good. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of the guys Chris are in that If stuff. it's out there, if it made online, Chris will find it. And he found a lot of the SWF stuff that Charlie, y'all, y'all did back in the day. A know? lot of people that were even in SWF don't know that some of that stuff is out there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm very proud of those days, man. Especially like some of the later SWF stuff after, you know, we all got professionally trained. You know, I really, um, I think we did some cool stuff out there at that point. And, you know, I'm not saying it, it definitely was, you know, it was a homemade ring in a yard. But if you look at some of the stuff that we were trying to do storytelling wise, then, I mean, that was really when I was learning how to book. Um, that was like the earliest days of me learning how to book a product. So I'm very thankful for that time in my life. Um, you know, and it was awesome. I mean, some of those matches that we had out there. Uh, to me were, you know, just incredible moments. And it's crazy that, you know, SWF came back for like two years in like 2008, 2009. And it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't remember as much from those shows as I remember from the original ones in like 2005, 2006. Um, uh, But we did have a cool return uh, around then. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that was... Are, are, are you and Charlie, y'all still talk? Y'all still hang out at all? Or are y'all kind of grow apart like some of us have? Or, um, Yeah, man, we're not really uh, we're not really on speaking terms. Uh, you know, it it is what it is. Uh, I, I hang out with Oz all the time. Um, I'm on pretty good terms with pretty much everybody else who is involved in that. Uh, uh, the, the Ace of Professional Wrestling, uh, uh, Damon Rashad, he was uh, also, you know, a big part of SWF. He actually was there before I was. And, you know, he's, he does commentary for Viral Pro now along with Caleb Stovall. Uh, he does. I got yes. go I got now I'm definitely gonna be there. I miss I hate the fact that I lost contact with Ace, man. He was he was a really cool guy. I love him, man. I got come I see him, I give him a big hug. Uh, I mean he he I don't know, man. He, He's during a good dude. Dark, well, I mean, during my dark days, man, dark, dark days, and I was really, I was hurting bad, man. You might remember, he's one of the few wrestlers that reached out to me and and tried to really toughen me up and get me back on my feet. Just fact, he would, you know, he 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 would he thought of me so much that he actually went on his way to reach out to me, and I, I will never forget stuff like that. So, yeah, Ace is a hero in my book, man. He's godly. Yeah, damn. I get choked up whenever I think about it because yeah, Ace is a good dude. So you know, so so do y'all do live commentary? Y'all just uh, or is it for your online stuff? So it's live commentary, but it's not. It doesn't get broadcast through the speakers, right? So if you're in the audience, you don't hear it. Um, That's what I meant. Yeah, it does go on the uh, SOS Customs website, so the commentary will be there, and then also um, any of the if you go look on our YouTube page. Um, any of the toxic episodes that we did, their commentary is on that. Uh, and then uh, any any of the, like the DVDs that we put out, their commentary is on that. I, I'm not a big fan of the live commentary that the audience can hear. Um, to, I'm not to either. To me, it, it doesn't work in a gym to me because you're going to have echo. It's going to be loud. It's going to distract away from what the wrestlers are doing. And that's just kind of one of my pet peeves. I'm the same way about like house lights. I hate house lighting. Um, I think it really takes people out of the environment. And by house lighting, I mean like, you know, whatever the lights are in the gym, 
You know, yeah, yeah. If you don't have if you don't have your own lighting system where you can cut the the lights on everything but the ring, man, just that right. aspect alone gives so much of a like presence to your product. Exactly. exactly. Otherwise, man, it looks like a bunch of Joes just set up a ring in a gym. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Oh, gosh. Are you still doing the show with Stovall? Yeah, man. So, so, uh, so it's called an Evolved Review. And yeah, basically review. what we were doing is we were doing every week and then we were covering Dark Side of the Ring. Well, yeah, once we made it, get to that. yeah, once we made it through most of those, we still haven't done the Owen Hart episode. And honestly, man, it's just so hard. It's like neither one of us want to talk about that for an hour, you know? Uh, and, and we also don't want to watch the episode again because that episode to me is just so heartbreaking. Um, but the, you know, the, the thing about it, uh, we were doing like every week and then we kind of got to the point where I was like, look, there's not enough stuff that I want to cover for us to do a weekly show. So we're doing a bi-weekly product now. Um, mm. un- unfortunately, my computer monitor got completely destroyed, and it's I had to mail it off to get it fixed. So we're kind of on a hiatus right now, but we have two episodes in the tank, so I'm going to be putting those out. But, uh, we actually recently reviewed NWA Hard Times. So that's the most recent oh, wow. episode. Got that one up. Yeah, that oh, was a good one. one up. Uh, and uh, our next episode upcoming is we're going to have our top five non-WWE pay-per-views of all time. So okay. he, he's okay. going to do a list. I'm going to do a list. And then also I have a new segment that we're going to do called an evolved interview where we're going to bring some people on for some like short interviews about you know their place in wrestling and stuff like that. And I, I don't want it to all be wrestlers. I want like bookers and referees and stuff like that to just kind of – come on and like talk about themselves, but not really like a long form interview like this. Like there's a lot of people doing that, right? Like you're doing that. I think, you know, you do a great job with it. Suplexes and microphones does a long interview, uh, tapped out wrestling. They do a long interview, but I, I kind of want it to be like 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Just like a short thing that somebody can listen to on their way to work or whatnot. And, um, you know, to, just to kind of mix it up and do a little something different, because I think there's already well, people. You know, doing... I tell you, um, I, I'll be honest with you. I was never intended to want to do long term interviews. I was always intended to do a 20, 25, 30 minute, 45 at the most. And, wh- and what happened was we're just starting to scratch the top of the iceberg when we start you know, doing these things and guys just want to just talk. You know, finally, right. I told Christopher, just, hey, hey, just, just let him talk. And Chris is like, he'll be, he'll be with me sometimes. Just, hey, hey, you got minutes, man. And I think I was interviewing Twitter. And Twitter, he was just shooting hard. And I was like, I hey, just, just let him talk. You know, and the next thing I know, the next guy was just same kind of, same kind of scenario. And then, you know, then we just kind of started, well, we'll just do a part one, a part two, or, you know, and then, and then I heard, um, I think it was something to wrestle with, you know, and then they had to say they were having the same problem. But the problem, but when they realized the viewers were still clicking on it because they get drawn into the story. And then so, hey, Conrad's okay, no more time limit. I'll, I'll let it fly, you know. And I guess I kind of started doing the same thing. You know, initially, I, I didn't want it to be, you know, four hours long, two hours long. But sometimes, you know, I realize I'm talking to my friends here and I, have, I, get, I don't get an opportunity to talk to them every day. So when we get to talking and we get on this subject, then we get on this subject, we don't get a second. Finally, hey, you know what? We're going to go until we're done. 
And, you know, ironically, it's been working out for me that well, you know? Yeah, I, I think you do a good job with it, man. I think these long-form interviews, I think I think you do really well with it. Like I said, with the cruise ones, man, I could not put those down. Um, I thought they were really great, so. I appreciate that, man. I think you're like the fourth the fifth person. I, I get it. I got a guy named Mason uh, Bricks. I never had a chance to meet him. Um, I mean, I saw him, but I didn't get to walk up and shake my hand. But Billy uh, hooked me up with him. He wanted to get on the show. I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. It would take something like this. I'm just trying to do a little bit of research. And, you know, I got him on the show. And we actually had a pretty good show. I could tell him. And he messaged me almost like the next day after your cruise's show. He said he couldn't up you now. Yeah, and I said, all right, cool. I appreciate that. You know, but, um, Hey, I, I tell you what, man, I would love to get on there uh, one time with you and stuff. I tell Caleb all the time, especially y'all doing dark sides of the ring. I want to get Caleb on there because I want to get my two cents on it. I was just like, Caleb says, man, I don't want to talk about Bill Maher or Eddie or Owen. I'm, I, I've been so sad thinking about it. I need a break. I said, hey, man, no problem. I get it. Because the Chris Benoit thing is a very, very, very touchy subject for me. I've actually had a scrimmage match, you know, with a friend of mine who refused to accept what Benoit has done because he says if I accept it, then I can't be a fan of Benoit. I, I don't know, man. It's 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 touchy. You know, I, I met Benoit. Yeah. He shook the man's hand. He gave me a hug and told me thank you for your service. And you know, and it's just you just can't imagine it's what he did. You know, and and, and, you, and you draw up all these conclusions about Oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Oh, maybe Kevin Sullivan has something to do with it. And I don't even want to say it about Sullivan. I was trying to find some other reasonable explanation. There's just no way you're going to convince me that this man will kill his wife and family. You know, he could be a home invasion. I mean, all kind of scenarios. Maybe he snapped and he had a drunken roid rage and some bad side effects with his medicine. And, you know, you hear these things how in a brief moment you lose control and your, and your senses come in and reality kicks in. But when I sat down and actually watched the documentary, and here are the investigators, how this man thought about it for three days before he even, you know, I think he killed his wife the first day, and his son, like, what, the second day? Then on the third day, he took his life? And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't hear it no more. This, this baby is true. You know, it's yeah. just hard and, to just digest this. And, you know, here's the thing is that was the second episode that we ever did. Yeah. Um, we yeah. did a two-part series because Dark Side of the Ring did two parts on it. We actually had yes. Ace on. And, you know, yes. we started the episodes with, hey, look, this is us separating Chris Benoit's personal life from his legacy in the ring. And I think you have to be able to do that right. um, because as far as his body of work in the ring, there was nobody like Chris Benoit, right? I mean, even right. even his sister-in-law, whose sister he murdered, you know, right. it even she in the documentary says, you know, he was the best at what he did i mean and and i i'm still a fan of his ring work and i didn't want to believe it either when it first came out you know i bought into a lot of those conspiracy theories oh. kevin sullivan's involvement and all that and then when the dark side of the ring came out it's like okay look there's no other scenario here he did yeah. it and yeah. and i mean you almost still feel bad for him because the dude yeah, I feel bad for his older son too. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah everything I heard wiped out. You know, hell, you know, I've even heard of the Mike Graham conspiracy. Do you ever see that shoot interview with Mike Graham when he was talking about the uh, how the Benoit and Saturn and um, uh, uh, God Eddie Benoit and Saturn Dean Malenko they all left and he told me the conversation he had with Benoit and he says, "Yeah, have you ever still my wife? I'd kill you too. I'd beat your ass too, or something like that." You know, and you know the, the whole Mike Graham had uh, already committed suicide. 
you know, and then someone, oh, God, it was, I don't listen to too many podcasts. I'm just trying to remember. But the guy says, yeah, Mike Graham probably felt guilty about killing Benoit's family and blame it on him. He shot himself. I was just like, and then Jay was like, you know, that could have been true. You know, it just doesn't make sense for Belmar to do what he did. But but once you sit down and see the documentary, Bob Mondes, and you, and you hear it from a different, you know, perspective, especially when the law enforcement said it. And and when the man was on the internet when he was doing research on how to kill himself. And then this, the fact is, the time of death never made sense to me. You know, I found out, because I thought he did it the same day. And he just realized right. what he did. Oh, my God, what have I done? You know? Then he took himself. It happened over a period of three days. And then to think he actually considered going to the show that night to wrestle one more time. And I was just like, man, I, I lost sleep over that, man. I, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. It, it's just, it's crazy, man, because like his, you know, his own brain was basically rotting yeah. inside of his head from the CTE, from all the concussions that he had had. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't we didn't know about that disease then like we do now. And oh. it's possible somebody could have gotten some help. And, you know, when Eddie passed, it just Chris, man, for the condition his brain was in, they said, you know, he yeah. really can't. He really could not process it. No. Um, and I mean, it just sent him down a spiral, dude, not to excuse anything he did, because there is no there's no excuse. Right. In existence right. for that, but you know, it, it, at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's just a, it's a sad story all the way around, man. And you know, we can we can talk about the ifs, the ands, and the buts about that for all oh, time, yeah. and we probably oh, will. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. And you know, we had to go on a podcast our second episode, second third episode, and right. we talked for two and a half hours about that. And uh, it, you know, the dark side of the ring stuff is really heavy material. But uh, it, it's we've gotten a lot of views on it, man. A, a lot of people have been real interested in it, and uh, you know, I I've had fun doing it. It it's 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 dark stuff, but you know, it it it's been fun, and it's kind of a you know area that a lot of people aren't really doing anything in. So, you know, I I, I didn't I didn't want to do stuff that people were already doing and doing it well. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Did you and Caleb Stovall? Did you did you and Stovall ever listen to? Um, they they discussed uh, they, they discussed it during Dark Side of the Ring. It was New Jack and it was the Honky Tonk Man and the Iron Sheik. Yep. You know, I'm assuming they were high. They were laughing, at it, but they they talk on the Bill Wall thing. New Jack flat out says it's not right or fair to blame the concussion thing. And New Jack says. What Benoit did was pure evil. He says he had so many concussions, and he ain't never killed a bitch yet. If the one was being a bitch, just get stuff up and leave. You know, he, he called Benoit a coward. And he said, if anybody else says anything different, by the way, F you. And I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there listening. I, I know everybody's got opinions about it. I just knew Jack's way of expressing it, you know. But, God, it, it was some heavy stuff, man. I've heard so many people you know, from Russians that knew him that didn't know him just, you know, had their own views about it, though. But, yeah, I mean, you know, New Jack's welcome to that opinion, and I, I certainly understand where he's coming from. I, you know, it's it's hard to imagine being in that in, in that situation or in any of those circumstances, but you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, New Jack's definitely an interesting guy. He had his own episode. Oh gosh, yeah, we talked about it. It's so really funny. If you what don't you, know, what you think of New Jack in his, in his episode? Oh, so what's God, really funny? Yeah, we had Dave Foster on, who's the general manager at PCW. And yeah. Dave is just such a, like, 
I don't want to say innocent, right? But he's just such a like, you know, that he's like that kind of like he sees the good in everything type guy. And Dave had, you know, we had been talking about having him on the show. He hits me up like the day before. And I'm like, hey, yeah. uh, do you want to come be on the show tomorrow? We don't have a guest. And he says, uh, yeah, man, what are we talking about? And I said, we're going to do the New Jack episode. Now, this man had never heard anything about New Jack. Wow, really? So so literally his first exposure to New Jack was the Dark Side of the Ring episode. And we he literally comes on to talk about it like that same day. And I was like, Caleb, this is going to be amazing. And so Dave is just like what the fuck am I watching right now? You know, watching the new Jack stuff. And I mean, that episode was crazy. And I mean, yeah, I mean, new Jack probably belongs in a prison cell. <laughs> what a guy shot the charges. So <laughs> he was like, yeah, that <laughs> I mean, new, new Jack is, is seriously hurt some people, man. And I mean, yes, man. I mean, what's so crazy about that though it's if you look back at like the smoky mountain wrestling era yeah new man. jack was such a good heel yes um, he was uh you know so you know it, honestly man if new jack had like kept his shit together a little bit better i think he could have really gone somewhere in the wrestling business but you know wwe was never going to get anywhere near him he's too much of a liability oh, liability yeah <laughs> golly did you ever hear the story in 2007 Christopher Dickens had just came back from Phoenix, Arizona, right? He made contact with me and Jay, and he wanted to start AWF, and we're going to call it AWFX, right? Well, Christopher had already built a website, put it out there for uh, talent to contact us. Christopher already put feelers out there before we even got a chance to remotely get started. Christopher already did all this stuff. But he put Mike Jones, Bam's phone number on there for contact, and New Jack actually saw it and reached out and called Mike Jones. Mike thought it was a damn rebel hung up on him. And he caught Mike Pat cussing him out. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and I sit there and said, What the hell? I said, And he wanted a thousand up front, and a thousand we get there, and we pay for his hotel expenses. You know, we were actually were considering. And I said, Chris, who the fuck are we going to book him with? And he's like, well, Put him with Twitter. You know, we were jot clear to us. I'll die, but I would do it. Can you imagine what happened, though? James Houston versus New Jack in a candlestick match. <laughs> I'd have definitely shown up to watch that shit, dude. (laughs) All day long. Yeah, I would have been there for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's wild, dude. Like, you know, so so many good stories about uh, Bam, dude. He's one of the guys that I can honestly say that without him, I wouldn't be where I'm at because, you know, there there was a time where I was, like, really – like doubting kind of my place in the wrestling industry. And he was like the guy that like sat me down and was like, Hey man, look, I'm a fan of what you're doing. You just got to figure out what you want to do and like go in that direction. And, you know, he he really was an inspiration to me. So, you know, that was why, um, you know, I wrestled on his, uh, you know, uh, memorial show. And, you know, I just thought that, you know, he was just such a positive guy in the wrestling industry and it was very sad to see him go. Yeah, Mike's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. I rode with him, wrestled with him. He had me crying, laughing on some of the stuff he would do, especially his fumes gimmick that he had. And uh, oh God, um, I talked. I talked to several people about Mike. I'm trying to get together. I figure what I'm, I'm going to have to do. There's no way I can get everybody at the exact same time. There's too many conflicting schedules. If I can take 15 minutes with you know with everybody that, that that's known Mike, I want to do a tribute show. You know, try to get it. I thought I was going to get done this year, but I'm looking at the schedule. It's probably going to be sometime uh, early next year 
I get every, I'm gonna get everybody because Mike can know a lot of people, and, and everybody has the positive things to say. So it won't be none of those self-destructed ultimate warrior documentaries, but that's how they came up with the damn name. It's supposed to be a positive thing, but everybody's got negative things to say about the man. So that's why they taught it that. You know, I'm like, if I get enough people together, I want to do a good tribute for Mike in the shootout. You know, because yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Michael's a character. You know, that, that I, I love shows. Good. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on that. You know, you know. I, uh, I, I don't know if you have ill will toward this individual. I didn't know him all that well, but I knew him. I talked to him. Um, we all know him as a San Francisco tree. You know, and I was at Doctor's Hospital working that night when I when I spoke to him. And uh, he was in the ER. He didn't really go and see what was going on with him. You know, but I was talking to him. He says he's probably going to be getting admitted. So, I mean, I hope you feel better, you know. Let me know if you need anything. He's like, man, I appreciate that, Bill. You know, about a few weeks later, I already had died. I was just like, what? You know, and I, I don't know. Man. I kind of reached out to some of my friends out there that I've actually had personal beef with. I say, hey, man, I, I, I want the beef to end. I'm sorry. Life is just too short, you know. When someone right. like him, all of a sudden, you know, he had congested heart failure and just died. You know, uh, it's just horrible, you know. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely, um, you know, I never had any issues with him personally. I, I know, right. you know some other people out there that did. And, you know, he was his own guy. You know, he was really into, like, the, like, Japanese strong style type stuff. And, yes, yes. You know, um, you know, he, he definitely, you know, did his own thing. But uh, I never had any issues with him. I traveled with him. Um, you know, I worked, I, you know, went on the road with him. I don't know that we ever, we probably had a match or two, um, at least back in like the old F FCW days, you know, he was still in there right. when I came around. So I never had any issues with him. Um, you know, I, and I remember him passing away, dude. And that was, that was a rough time, a rough thing that happened. And, you know, there's accusations one way or the other of, like substance abuse and things like that. But, you know, I, I don't know for sure. You know, I never seen him do any of that stuff. So, you know, it is what it is as far as that's concerned. Yeah. 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 That, 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 that would hit me kind of hard. Uh, uh, it, it, it all falls around my PTSD. I've seen so much death and destruction in my time. And I just point where I just, I can't be around it no more, you know, and I swear my life, I would never want to bring up politics, but when I see all the riots going on, it reminds me of what I've seen, you know, in places like Baghdad. I'm seeing just, just, just people dead on the street. I'm seeing chaos. I'm seeing destruction, and you try to keep your wits about you. I, I told Jay, I can't do this. I, mean, I don't want to see this. I, I, I took my wife. I don't want to see the news. I don't know what's going on. I, I can't handle it upstairs, man, because it, it's just. We, can, we get the point where you can't even sleep at night, which is another reason why I like doing the shootout. Just. It, it going, I dive into wrestling, it, it keeps my mind off of it, you know. And then when I think about what happened to uh, San Francisco tree, man, I was just like, man, life is just so short, man. You're here one moment, you're gone the next, you know. And it's just got a point where I just, yeah. it, it, it sucks, man. I don't, I don't want to hold grudges on nobody, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's I a lot of people that, a lot of people over the years that either got out of the business because their body forced them to or, you know, have moved on and passed away or they moved away yeah. or whatever. And, you know, yeah. we, you and I, we've been in this a long time. We've seen a lot of people come and go. So, you know, the, those true friends that you can make in the business, man, you, you got to keep those people close to you. And, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, there's more important things than pro wrestling, you know, in, in people's lives. 
you know, use it. It's a form of entertainment. It's a form of escape. Yes. But I mean, at the end of the day, man, you know, did, did you form a connection with these people? You know, did, exactly. You know, what kind of memories did you make with these people? That's what it's really about, man. And that's where the separating personal and business comes in is, you know, yeah, you, you can't run your business based off of booking your buddies, but that doesn't mean you can't still be friends with them. You know, exactly. I'm friends. I'm friends with a lot of people that I wouldn't book. I mean, just being honest, you know, it is what it yeah. is. Because if 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 my friendship with you depends on whether I'll book you for the show or not, then we weren't friends to begin with. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Well, if it was ten years ago, if it was two thousand nine, I think I would have had a pretty good shot getting booked in five rows in much much better shape than I am now, man. But you, uh, you and me I'm both. Just, <laughs> I'm just glad I can still, you know, be a part of it, though. But I, I, I hope Viral Pro keeps it going, man. It's it's you know they they they've come such a far away, and hopefully the restrictions will be lifted soon. You know, and bring back wrestling to town because I, I tell you, despite what's going on in people's lives. People come to these shows want to escape what's going on in their life. They need a win. So they're cheering for their favorite person and they win. They feel like they got to win. You know, the people don't, I think some people just don't understand that, you know. I, I, I don't know, you know. I, I tell you, growing up, I was a big fan of Sting, you know, big fans. Whenever, whenever he won one, I always felt like I won one, you know. When he wins, yeah, I win, you know. Just, I had that mindset, you know. I was wondering, I, I fell in love with professional wrestling. You know, and I looked at today and I installed that in my kids. You know, it's just, it's fun. It's plain and simple. They ask why I do it. Why? Because I love it because it's fun. Plain and simple. You know, at the end of the day, if you're not having fun with it, then you're just wasting your time. You know, in my opinion. Um, but man, I appreciate you talking here, man. I hope, I hope you're back on the show again soon, man. We, I know we can go all damn night, you know, right. about this stuff. But man, I'm glad I had you on the show. I do apologize. It took me. Uh, took me longer than I wanted to. I'm glad I got you on the show, dude. But before we close out, you know, what is there anything you want to you want to send a message out there that anybody listen to this show? Man, so you know, this is what I would say is like right now, COVID nineteen, it's rough times to be in the wrestling business, whether you're WWE or whether oh, yeah. you know you're the smallest indie around. So here's the thing: is like, be safe. You know, if you're gonna run, then be smart about it. Don't put people at risk, uh, you know, don't make the business look bad as a whole, um, just so you can run, you know, um, that being said, I think a lot of companies have been very responsible with it and I'm glad to see it. So as far as viral pro goes, man, we got no intention of slowing down. So, you know, outstanding, outstanding. if if there's people trying to catch up, you better run a little bit faster. That's all I got to tell you. Oh man, I'm glad to hear you say that though. But you know, I I, I got to get a shout out. I do sponsor Livewire. I help out. You know, I I've been really impressed with Billy. I mean, he's the underdog in my opinion in this whole yeah. scenario. He's he's the underdog. He's come a long way. And you know, like I said about uh, about ten years ago, me and him I really kind of actually fall out. You know, about it's all business. We're not personal. Just how things are going to get done with AWF at the time. But I'm kind of glad. You know, I had a big blowout with UCW. He reached out to me, and we had me and had a long conversation. He invited me to come to my show, told me to bring my kids, man. They can come watch the show for free. And I, told him I was very, very grateful for that. 
you know, and, and he's a class guy. He's not the he's not the person I thought he once was. I'm gonna I'm put it to you like that. It, I mean, I had nothing to offer, uh, you know, Lot Barton Tom, other than just you know my voice on the shootout. You no, know? but he was like, oh man, come to the show, have a good time, be part of the family, man. Come on, you know. And I says, okay, I, I'm gonna come, you know. And I, I tell you, man, I'm 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 very fortunate, you know, for that, you know, for what he's done and. I tell you, you know, someone called him the Bill Watts of wrestling. That was meant to be a, it was meant to be an insult. He took it as a compliment, and you know, and I, I'm not sure what your thoughts is on that, but you know, they say Bill Watts is a complete asshole in the wrestling business. And I'm like, well, you know what? Sometimes you gotta be a butthead to be a success. Sometimes, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's business. Don't take it personal, you know. And Billy and I, I have butted know. heads over the years, man, but we have a good open line of communication. Um, good if. And my thing is, you know, if I hear something through the grapevine, oh, Billy Johnson said this, or Livewire is doing this, dude, I'll just message him, hey, man, is this what's going on? We got a problem. And nine times out of ten, it can just be worked out right then and there. Yeah. Uh, or or yeah. it's nonsense or whatever. I got no issues with Billy. Um, I love that uh, they're bringing in Matt Sells. Um, Matt was supposed to debut for us in April. He's a great talent, one of the best in Georgia. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of, uh, Jeremy Cruz's, uh, title reign at Livewire. So, you know, more power oh, yeah. to him. And I, you know, I hope they continue to grow, man. Cause, uh, you know, if you're putting on, if you're putting on a good show, if you're putting on good content, uh, and you're bringing people into independent wrestling, that only helps the scene. That only helps the whole wrestling scene. So more power to him. Outstanding, man. Outstanding. But, you know, as far as Bauer Pro goes, I believe Chris and TMB is still trying to sponsor it out. I'd love to help out in any way that I can. And so I put my, you know, stamp of approval, man. I'm going to start promoting more Bauer Pro. You know, I appreciate being on the show, man. I love what I heard, man. I, I got to be honest, man. When you first said you wanted to um, you know, come on the show and you want to respond to uh, uh, what Chris has said, I said, oh, Lord, here we go. I don't know. I, I didn't know. I didn't expect you to, to say the exact opposite. And I was just like, well, damn, maybe I was, maybe I read that wrong or something. I don't know, you know, because uh, it was one person that freaking heard it and said, hey, hey, I heard, I heard, I heard Cruz's show and I need, I need to be on there. I said, okay, all right, I'll make it happen, you know, and, you know, and, and, and I, I tell Chris to everybody, you know, what you said in the show is somebody hears that they want to respond. You know, I used to have an open door and like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. So I wasn't really I'm driving to Atlanta today. I wasn't really sure where it was going to go. You know, but, I, you know, I, I'm just glad, man. You're a very humble person, man. Very humble person. And, you know, and, you know a lot that's of it. Awesome. I, I, I want to set, you know, like I like to set the record straight, man, because there's a lot of shit talk that goes around. And yeah, I'm an opinionated guy. But when it comes down to it at the end of the day, man, if. If you see me speak out about something in wrestling, it's probably because it's hurting the business as a whole. Right. right and right. I'm going to protect the business at the end of the day because it is the business that I'm in. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 that just helps everybody. So, yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to be back. It, you said you got a couple projects you're working on. And, uh, you know, just let me know. And I'll, I'll definitely keep you in the loop when we start running a viral pro show again. Outstanding, man. I will be there. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bill Blanchard, host of the Rest of the Shootout, and this is Kale Kitchens. We hope to see you guys again soon. Y'all have a good night. Take care. Take care. Get this, uh...